the Arts Explanatory Comma Podcast, where art meets the real world, and both sides get a better understanding of the whole picture. This podcast may contain strong language, and listener discretion is advised. Raquel, how are you doing today? You good? I'm wonderful. <laughs> she looked up like I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. I actually had a, a good day. I good. closed a couple contracts. Yeah, you do real estate? No. What do you do? Uh, sourcing for mm-hmm. real estate companies. Okay. So nice. So you get a bonus when you when you uh, when you source out work. So I, I haven't gotten to that part where, but that is in the short short term. I want a little piece of everything that I save. I don't, I don't see why not. Yeah. I don't see why not. Corporate structure, you know. no. They're like, we pay you yeah. to save us millions. I'm like, I just want a small piece. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. That makes sense. Well, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, jump on into this thing. Let's do it. Uh, because, I mean, I've been recording. But uh, <laughs> we just do that to get, to get, to get warmed up, Ooh, to wake up a little bit. watermelon. <laughs> yellow watermelon ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's a warm up. Yellow watermelon. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but um, our guest today is a multidisciplinary artist whose work centers around blackness and the very pride of being black and everything that comes with that. Uh, the good, black, bad, the ugly, not the black, the good, bad, and uh, the ugly of it all. Uh, <laughs> but music is also extremely important to his practice. Um, we could even call it the driving force. Oh, I would say so. <laughs> the absolute driving force of, you know, what goes on with him. It's almost like he's, you know, illustrating the soundtrack to it all, which is pretty dope. That's think deep. About it. Yeah. I mean, you Come know, on, intro. the current, the current <laughs> exhibition is black on both sides. Right. <laughs> the iconic album from most deaf. Mm-hmm. You know, so before that, it was it was on one in South Texas called "If You Know, You Know," and that's from Pusha T. There you go. It was actually, you know, I, had, I got a verse in the wall in that gallery. It was hard to find a verse on Pusha T's album that could be used in print on the wall. <laughs> Took me a long time. He says a lot of ignorant shit, but it's a he really does. great album. He does. So Just the cadence you, and the vocabulary of drug dealing is amazing. Yes. So which verse did you pick? Uh, I picked one from I think from from the oh, I gotta pull it up. We'll, we'll go later and I'll pull it up yeah. and I'll tell you. But it was something. It took a while to find something with no yeah. cursing that was kind of mm-hmm. told yeah. a story, was kind of artistic yeah. and fit. Yeah. I mean, he said some br- brilliant stuff, but like. But it's cocaine talking. I couldn't put that on the wall in South Texas. It's already in the valley. <laughs> oh, in that South Texas. Yeah. Okay. I was like. You was thinking South Houston? <laughs> no. Oh. I was oh. thinking like Southeast Texas. That's right. Oh. Yeah, it was yeah. on Mac Allen. Oh, oh yeah, no. It's like six hours away. Yeah, no. This is an interesting slant in McAllen. That's like somewhere between right side of Democrat, (laughs) left side of Republican. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they sit in a very interesting place. But that third voice that you hear, that is not that of Raquel Simone and myself, (laughs) is the homie Robert Hodge. Thank you for having me, man. Welcome to the park, man. I appreciate you for doing this, man. No problem. I, I think, you know. We, I'm busy as hell, too, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I love you, man. Yeah. Love really. 
Because we, we shot a few texts back and forth, but I think like at the beginning of that, you weren't even in town. <laughs> I'm always down. I love podcasts, man. Yeah. I love the behind the scenes conversations about things, you know. Mm-hmm. It's important, it's important, man. And, you know, I think it, you and I have had a bunch of conversations just about like ways to approach this art world and kind of change shit up to get out of um, some of these spaces that aren't really for the people who you know this podcast is made for women artists and artists of color mm-hmm. and you know women artists of color if you didn't also you know put those two if, together if you didn't extrapolate yeah. that data yeah <laughs> but yeah so i mean you know it's good to it's good to be able to sit down and talk to you so that you can impart some of your wisdom no some of these things that you've learned throughout your experiences um you know in this hustle but um let's start as we always do would you do the honors, Raquel? Well, I do the honors. Well, Mark obviously knows you, and I always feel like I'm at a disadvantage when he brings his friends on. <laughs> but um, tell me the earliest memory you have with your connection to art. So before you were the artist. You know, every, every artist has the same one. I've been doing it my whole life. In kindergarten, I was drawing, mm-hmm. and my teacher was talking. And she was like, Mr. Hodge, can you pay attention? It started there. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's been on since I've been out doing I don't know why. It's always I've always been drawing to art. Mm-hmm. I got good at it really early. Um, I started winning those blue ribbon rodeo contests. Mm-hmm. It kind of gave me an indication that maybe I might be on to something. Yeah. But then I discovered I can have a voice and say these really impactful things. That came way later. But mm-hmm. yeah. initially, it was just I loved the, the basics of being an artist, which color, composition, um, texture. You know, those are the original things that draw you to being an artist. And then you start figuring out your voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, you know. So did you grow up around any artists? Did you grow up in an environment that encouraged your not particularly no my my father was um my father grew up in east texas he grew up really poor he had a dynamic life but it wasn't about art he played for the stillers he was a taxi driver he was an educator he became a lawyer one of the first black judges in houston Mm. so he was not about the arts he was like uh negro that makes no (laughs) money i don't know how you're going to survive and take care of your family you're going to run this law firm but wait didn't you you went to HSPVA, I went right? to HSPVA, yeah, yeah. My dad had nothing to do with that, though. Mm. Okay. You know, my, plus, my dad didn't live with us, so I okay. was like, hey, okay. bro, you can't come around here uh, part-time and try to tell me what to do full-time. <laughs> it's not happening, player. It's not that, happening. That was kind of my question, like, no, no, no. how maybe, you end up there? Yeah, maybe full-time, dad, maybe. Yeah. He could've, and then he could have been a little, you know, you got to have a maneuver. You want kids to move a certain way. I, I, don't, I don't tell my daughter what to do. I give her suggestions and kind of yeah. have a path led that might lead her that way. But I would never tell her, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just him telling me I couldn't be an artist solidified me being an artist that day, <laughs> for real. But my mom was supportive. You know, I got into glass sale. I got scholarships. And so, yeah. you know, but I went to Lanier and I met this teacher named Miss Dickey. And she just made everything possible because she showed me how to make a portfolio. And yeah. She really believed in me, and I got into PVA, and from there it all kind of like shifted. Yeah, that's the Houston School of Performance and yes. Visual Arts. Uh-huh. Yeah, program. it's crazy because you ha- you put a- something up on Facebook today, and your principal from HSPVA. Oh yeah, she commented like, on that. I was like, yo, what the hell? She was like, baby, this it's, it's, you gonna you gonna get yours? This ain't your season. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's that's support, right? I said they had a daughter too, so she oh, loved me. You okay. know. Yeah. So, all right, understandable. So you said when your dad told you you couldn't be an artist, that's when you were like, "Oh yeah, fucking absolutely." Because he didn't realize I'm who you are. Just I don't have to do what you do. I got your same DNA. Mm -hmm. My dad was an ultimate hustler. Like I got that in me. I just don't have to do what you do, man. I don't know why parents try to make kids do something they want to do. I don't care if you build an empire. That was your dream. Yeah. 
So what did your journey look like at from that point? So did you? I know you were at HSTV. I, I got to interject though because you were like you were at HSPVA with some some legends. Hard hitters, like, legends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you name off some of those people you were at school with? Ashley Tamar Davis, Beyonce knows, Robert Glasper, Brian Michael Cox, um, uh, Nicole Hurst, <laughs> like um, weird flex, but okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shamika Knight, who's uh, a, who's a ABC news reporter. Courtney Courtney Gilmore, who's a reporter for NBC in Dallas. She was in Houston. Like everybody's yeah. doing like yeah. You know, yeah, it's a lot too. So I mean, if Good I didn't say your name, no, for a don't lot take of it personal. Yeah. yeah, for real. Like it's a lot of y'all. Like yeah. stop. No, don't even be upset about that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sorry. Back the to your whole. question, Raquel. So once once you had that moment where you defined yourself as an artist, what did your journey look like? Did you go straight to art school out of high school? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, can you tell us what went into the factors for deciding to go to art school? Um, it was it was none. That was just like mandatory. And that school kind of <laughs> pushed that on you. Mm-hmm. They were just telling you where not to go. I mean, and the, word, <laughs> the one that they said, like, don't go to the Art Institute. Mm-hmm. And that's only because oh, it wasn't God. accredited then. It's different now. But yeah. then it was like, don't go anywhere yeah. up there. Yeah. yeah. So I went to Pratt um, because that was like my number one choice. And I got a full scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got there and I didn't have a dorm. My mom didn't rush to my dorm. Oh, wow. A lot going on at that time in her life. So I got to school with no place to stay. Mm-hmm. So I had to, I slept on Robert Glasper College for a semester. <laughs> wow. So I lived in Manhattan and then rode the train to Brooklyn. And that's before all this technology. It's like right 99. So it's like, you know, you can't wire, you can't just like transfer money and, and no cash app. Like, you know, so you have Western Union, you, you have money, Western Union money because, you know, <laughs> it was terrible. Mm-hmm. So I eat bagels like almost the whole semester. I was like a buck wow. 60. So that's why I can't eat bagels to this day. I just can't eat bagels because I ate them for like almost a solid year. Just the girl that I brought was dating. You know, one of the roommates worked at a, a bakery. So she brought bagels home and my money was so just messed yeah. up, man. I was just, yeah, it was. It's a hard time. So anyway, I had to leave because I didn't have a dorm. And I think the first time I actually cried in my life like that. I went in the bathroom yeah. and just cried and had to come home. And then I figured it out and went to Atlanta College of Art. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I was out there just, you know, making it happen. And I wanted to come back home, man, because I just feel like if everybody leaves Houston, mm-hmm. how does it, how does the culture shift? You know, how does it change? Yeah. And so, so where, did, where we are now. Where did, when you got back from school, mm-hmm. what did your life as an artist look like when you first came back to Houston? Mm. Like any artist, you gotta prove yourself. Everybody's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, essentially, degrees mean nothing. Mm. I mean, when he, when it comes to like the commercial side and the museum side of making, a, you know, kind of getting a career, you just have to make a name for yourself. And you got to figure it out any way you can. That's interesting because on episode ten, we had that conversation with Don yeah. uh, Okoro where she felt that people who went to art school had more advantages than those Mm-mm. who didn't. No. Yeah. And I mean, you, you got connections. You got people that can say, hey, yeah. I recommend this person, but that, that doesn't give them to you. It mm-hmm. just gives yeah. you a, you hire you on that list of being seen first. Okay. Yeah. Well, so that was the, that's what we that was the, the exact thing yeah. that she said. Cause I told her, you know, I, I went to U of H, not the greatest art school, but I went there. No, it's a good program though. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's the, the game of things, no, yeah. it's respected. I mean, for real, I'm well, not saying program, that it is. Nah, the program's gotten, like it's, it's, it's way better yeah. than it was even when I graduated five years ago. Yeah. So I mean, they they got some heavy hitters over there now for sure, um, and they had some they had some pretty dope people there then too. Jeff Hippenstill was mm-hmm. there, and uh, Franco was there. Yeah. Uh, so you know, they had some really yeah. good people there for sure. Um, but yeah, no, uh, the the conclusion that we came to was that 
the only real advantage that you have is you have people that can introduce you to other people. Right? Yep. Like you have the school is just a network, man. Yeah, you got a baby toe in the in the crack in the yeah. door because the art the art world is not like okay, cool. You got a you got a degree. You went to Texas A and M. Somebody gonna give somebody your name because you went to Texas A and M, right? Art's not like that exactly. It's exactly. about it's about the quality of people that you know. Yeah. Within the eyes of someone else. So even if they're a good person, that don't mean shit. Yeah. It matters like what they have done for the person they're trying to in- introduce you to lately. Like it's <laughs> ain't no, oh, you went to such and such. Okay, great. Unless they went to that exact school yeah. and hold love for that school. And even then, like, it's, it's still it's still basically about the work. Your yeah. work speaks for itself. Yeah. Somebody can love you, you go to Yale, they can, they can do all that shit. When they see your work and they're not feeling it, yeah. it's not it's just not it's so subjective, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think the big thing where the big advantage comes in the art world is if you're born into one of the families. Oh, for if sure. If you're born into one of the big art families, you good money. Mm-hmm. You good money. You yeah. can do whatever you want. Well, that's why, that, I'm, that's why I'm trying to build yeah. a name. So my daughter, I feel like she's going that route. Yeah. She got a little ground to stand on, but I mean, she don't need it. Yo, she was telling me her favorite colors, and I was like, whoa, we got very specific. Oh, yeah. She, yeah, was, she, like, got, she was like, I don't like soldier green. I was like, Yeah, she know wow. color. I, I was like, you know what teal is? She was like, yeah, of course. She's like, it's one of my favorite colors, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, that's her. She's on she YouTube like, learning. I don't like soldier green. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't like it either. Now, no. yeah. That's but, dope. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, I sell her color palette all the time. I'll be like, thanks for those color combinations. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Keep going. But that's, more stuff. But that's beautiful. Yeah. That's hilarious. So beyond the formal education um, that you've had in art, how else do you acquire new skills? Or like, do you do smaller classes? You mm-hmm. mentioned Glacelle. Do you still do stuff at Glacelle? Yeah, or? yeah. I'm, I'm going to take some HCC classes. I'm taking some more Photoshop. I'm taking a film class. Nice. Because um, I'm doing a documentary here and I never made one. So yeah. I also push myself to just do new things and have no idea how to do them mm-hmm. and figure it out. Yeah. And, you know, just just the technology is who I know. It should work out. Yeah. You know? And my work ethic, you know, I'm always trying to grow. Yeah. And it's always people, you know, jacking ideas and taking things. And, and yeah. that's fine with me. They can have them because I'm always moving forward. It's always going to be something new. Yeah, yeah. So I don't care when people are like, oh, but that's got a painting. Like, you know, who cares? I, I don't own that. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not attached to a style. I, I have an artist statement. Yeah. Kind of what you said at the beginning of the podcast. That's kind of kind of what I center in. And so yeah. that allows me to tell my story any vehicle I need to tell it in, whether mm-hmm. it's a film or an album or a paintings. Yeah. And so, you know. I'm yeah. always learning some new shit, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm bored as hell with what I'm doing now, so I can't stay in that zone because I'm yeah. gonna lose my mind. Yeah, understandable, uh, definitely understandable. So on that note, well, following on the heels of that, um, can you talk? Well, we talked about you not being in the city, but you're usually not in the city because of residencies or mm-hmm. fellowships. Can you explain to our listeners what those are and why they're so important to artists? Yeah, so. I'm thinking about doing this online class that kind of talks about this. Yeah. It's called Every Day I'm Hustling. So <laughs> the residencies are important depending on what kind of artist you want to be. It's so many different sectors of art. So if you want to be a fine artist, working artist, you want to go into like the museum realm, residencies are important because they're just like these notches on your resume, but they also allow you time to develop new ideas and have yeah. that quality time to like really... Uh, incubate yourself in the city and just meet new curators and meet new artists and 
that's how you really grow as an artist. Yeah. Like, you know, if I do a residency in New Orleans, I'm there for three months. I meet all the curators. I'm going to all the museums. So it's a different, it's a different intensity of how you how you are in that city because you're there for projects. So you meet the right people. Yeah. And now, at now New Orleans is activated for my life as an artist. So I can go there and do things. And so this is how you just spread your your seed yeah. around the world. If you if you're interested in doing that, I am. Yeah. It just takes away from making money. So it's like you got to just plan for it. Yeah. Because uh, they pay you sometimes, but it's just like the basics. It's like especially if you got a family. I'm married. And I have a daughter. So. Like the money I would get paid from a res- a residency just so it's survival money. You still got to figure things out. Yeah, and um, also what's gonna do maybe if you're single, you know, it's also kind of it's a strain on me because I am married. Yeah, and that's why I kind of slowed down because I wanted to stay married, and so you have to kind of balance <laughs> that thing out. So if you're single, I say do them, travel the world, um, take advantage of why you know people be complaining when any artist to me and they single. Yeah. I'm just like shut the hell up. What are you talking about? They don't yeah. know how good they got it. Like you it's gotta, a gift and the curse, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know people. I know we want companionship, but if you single, you're artist, man. Take advantage of it. Like, yeah, you know, do things and travel and because you know it's hard to do them. You know, when you partner it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that that's where that you know people. Well, when we think about that, man, even even with all the traveling, you know, that support system is important too. Oh, it's so important. You know what I'm saying because if you don't have roots, eventually you're gonna feel like shit. I ain't got no roots. Like, well, I always tell people <laughs> success. Success and having a career and being happy are totally different things. <laughs> I mean, look how many people we admired last year, this year, who killed themselves. Yeah. Like Anthony Bourdain, I mean, it's the epitome of success. Yeah. And he hung himself. So it's like, you know, yeah. those are separate things for me, too. So my focus is being happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like God, yeah. family, career. And it used to be opposite. And yeah. I got those things in order now, so I'm much happier. Yeah. Because, like, my career is important, but it's not really. I mean that's why I can I think I, I can keep going because I don't really yeah. I mean I was doing this before people paid attention and when they stop I'm gonna still be doing what I'm doing yeah and they gonna come back and they and they go away you just gotta keep doing what you're doing yeah I think it's it's more so a redefinition of success though you know what I'm saying because it's like yeah you know sure you want to sell million dollar pieces a lot of people do yeah. you know what I'm saying you want you want your work in all these great collections and shit like that but at the same time I know like it. it like you said, like sometimes that original idea of success and happiness, like those things are at odds. You know what I'm saying? Especially once you get closer to the goal and yeah. you start having some of you, like, yeah. hmm, it's not correct. It's not what it's yeah. all practical to be like. Yeah. Okay, I just did a museum, my first solo museum show. I felt nothing. Yeah. Exactly. I felt nothing. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, this is my dream. I was like, hmm, I don't feel nothing. <laughs> and sometimes, man, it's, it's a matter of like kind of seeing yourself from the outside, right? Because like, I know when we talked to Rebea, um, <laughs> who, you know, is like talking to that auntie that, you know, just really want to take care of you. Like, yeah. it's the craziest thing. Yeah. And every other, everybody else says that about Rebea. Like, yes. it's true. It's too I, true. I but, <laughs> but nah, like, she was, we brought up, um, you know, the show where you and other Houston artists were showing at um, the MFA. Yeah. Right? And like, Sure, sometimes we can get jaded and it's like, yeah, you know, we did that. That was cool or whatever. But nah, nah, nah. but then when you look at yourself from the outside, that shit was pretty cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes y'all, man, because we all go to states where you feel depressed and you feel like yeah. you're not doing enough. Yeah, you got to pull that CV up sometimes and like, okay, I'm all right. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's for. I think this is a reminder to say, yeah, like, okay, I'm not that. I'm not that off, you know. But um, yeah, man, it's just a daily kind of grind, man. Yeah. I'm still learning and adjusting and. I don't know. Yeah. And it all all comes back to your work. 
um, yeah. every so, single time. Yeah. So. so let's talk about your creative process. How would you describe your work of art to, or your bodies of work to our listeners? Like what's um, your style? Oh, um, wow. <laughs> Well, I've been doing a couple of things, and I, I think the, I guess the main two things I've been doing this year are collages. I'm doing this mixed media collages with reclaimed paper and all vinyl covers. So I started making that kind of work because I, I got into I got into a real big funk, just because of society, man. Just social media was kind of being, yeah. it actually was getting overwhelming for me. So I wanted to create work that had that was full of joy, mm-hmm. and it's energetic, and colorful. So I started making these collages based off soul records and like all these. 1960s, 50s, whatever, just cool covers of these amazing black folks just looking so joyful with the yeah. perfect afro and like all all these things. That, and so I just started telling these stories through these records. And mm-hmm. so I started doing that kind of work, which I still do and I love. And then I do these um, pieces that are reclaimed paper. So it's all this paper from the street that I take and I glue it all together and, and they make these really thick layers, like six to seven inches, and I carve into them. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty much text-based. And so they might... Um, they might be born from hip hop lyrics, and sometimes they have paintings underneath. But I kind of love doing those, man, because it's 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 a painting that makes you feel something, like mm-hmm. the paper and the and the texture that makes you. It's so raw. It feels like the street, okay. But it feels elegant, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I've been, you know, when you when you've been drawing a painting your whole life, it's not a, to me. It's not about technical skill. Yeah. I mean, I can see an artist and tell if they got technical skill, even yeah. if they do an abstract. Mm-hmm. So I'm past that point of like trying to prove I can draw and paint. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like making people feel things, okay. and however I can make you feel that, mm-hmm. I, I'm also going to do that. So it might not, you might not even see a figure. I mean, it just might be a text, but it's it's so crazy how a text and a, a slogan or a saying can make you feel. Yeah, it's just as powerful as a painting, as, as, as an image, you know. Yeah. So do you have a preferred media that you prefer that you like working with? I prefer that because it's it's labor intensive. You know, I feel like I have uh, it's, it feels blue collar to me, and I love putting in work in the studio where I feel physically tired too. Like that work is a lot of, like right now I have to build a wall to add the paper. I layer the paper myself. So I like, you know, I we paste it up mm-hmm. and then, you know, then I have to pull it down and then I have to still play with the paper to sew it together and, you know, carve into it. So it's a lot of physical labor and I kind of, I, I dig that about it. Okay. Those are, those are the ones that you started doing when you were in uh, Pittsburgh, right? Uh, I started doing those, like at Skohegan, like before. Oh, was that Skohegan? Yeah, it was okay. like right before. Like it was like right before the cam show. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that show with the uh, big Kooji sweater. Yeah, 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 stuff like that, man. I just like to identify <laughs> things in hip hop and color patterns that I think are, yeah. are cool and to bring them into um, the art world because you know hip hop is not talked about on a conceptual level and it should be. I mean, those are new poets. Those are new James Baldwin's. Yeah. I knew, you know. Yeah. So you know some. Some of them. So, so I mean, I, the ones I use are the ones I feel like that. You know, you know, I don't pull from everybody. I'm pulling for the Kendricks. I'm pulling for you know, like so even somebody like Pusha who might not yeah. be identified as that. But if you know hip hop, you know the the complexity of which he's talking about these things that that he could be talking about in a different way. It's yeah. so, sophisticated. I mean, it's sophisticated. Yeah. I don't care yeah. if you're talking about selling drugs. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know, it can be poetic. Yeah. Coca- well, cocaine very, raps can definitely. Yeah. Be poetic. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, what's his name? Homeboy never put out a well, hasn't put out an album yet and probably won't. Uh Jay Electronica. Oh my god. Uh he said, nah, on his uh, on his mixtape, uh he, he was actually talking about how like raps now, he was like, back in the day, you know, boys always used to rap about drugs and chains and women and all that, right? But the way that they did it, he compared Ghostface and Raekwon 
to Theodore Dostoevsky. And I was like, I guess you have a point. Mm-hmm. That is some complex poetry. Because, yep. you know, Wu, for sure, like, well, at least Ghostface and Raekwon, for sure, absolutely, has some very com- complex lyrics a lot of times. Um, but yeah, I mean, but even, even when, like, some of the shit that I laugh at in music, it still shows, like, some vulnerability and that there's more there, right? So, like, in one of the, one of the Migos songs, homeboy say, dance with my dogs in the nighttime. And it's like, at first I'm laughing because I'm like, nigga, did you, <laughs> did you really just say dance with my dogs in the nighttime? But at the same time, it like, enjoying the company of my homeboys. Exactly. Enjoying the company of my friends. Like, when you, when you really simplify that shit, like, yeah. that shows I, a level of vulnerability that tells me that you are a much more complex person than yeah. I thought you were. That's right? why I learned like, playing <laughs> stupid in hip-hop gets you paid. I mean, being too smart is a liability. It is. But, you know, I, I consider mumble rappers like bebop artists, you know. Hmm. When bebop came out. Jazz, jazz folks was like, "Yo, what, what the hell is this, man?" It was so, it was so obscure and so like yeah. to the yeah. left that it, you know, the old jazz cast was hot. They was mad. Yeah, and That's so true. I think it's the same thing, man. It's like they took hip hop and kind of, they kind of switched it. But I, I wouldn't call it hip hop. I mean, we should call it something else. I don't, I don't have to call it mumble rap. That's disrespectful. But yeah. it's something else. It's not hip hop. Yeah. You know, it's shifting. I, yeah, a lot of the music that's out now is is, is a shift, right? Like, cause we got emo rap now. Like, Which I always been an emo rapper. If I would have came out, <laughs> if I was like twenty now, I would have I'd have been a star. <laughs> I, I was Drake of making songs like that's why I stopped rapping. I I was like, yo, I don't kill anybody. I can't yeah. keep making songs like this. <laughs> I had a bunch of emo songs. I was just I was keeping it real when I I mean even that I just nobody wanted to hear that shit. Yeah. So I I mean I know this is so mostly funny. about visual art, but let's talk about this rap career or yeah. rap experience. How did that? Well, tell me about it. A lot of young. It's still alive, you know. Rap. It's just I'm I'm just shifting. <laughs> I'm writing songs now. I, okay. I I produced the album in 2016 called um, Two and a Half Years, and every every June I drop five new songs added to the project. Okay. That project has you know Robert Glasper on it, Jason Moran, Devin the Dude, uh, Little Kiki, um, who else? Zero. It's a lot of folks on it, man. So yeah. and every every you know every year I'm adding new, younger jazz musicians, older legends, and so yeah. I'm learning now how to balance, you know, music and art, and I didn't know how to do that, so I separated them, and now everything is combined. So basically, my albums are audio experiences to the visual. Okay. The, yeah. You know, so I was just about to ask how to mm-hmm. weave together. It's actually interesting too, because like when I was earlier, I was thinking about like the scale that you work at, because you don't stick to one scale, right? Like you have huge pieces, you have small pieces, because mm-hmm. your collages are sometimes what eighteen by eighteen. Yeah. And 20 I'm, by 20, 24 yeah. by 24. Sometimes they're smaller. Yeah, and then like earlier in your career, I think around the time I first met you, like 06, 07, something like that, you were doing a lot of lithography with those same types of layers and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and those varied in size from, you know, 48 by 48. And like, mm-hmm. I think you had some that were like 10 by 10. Um, but it's interesting because in my mind, that same type of scale and variety translates to your to the music that you usually create work to also mm-hmm. right because you're you're all over the place you're jazz you're spirituals you're hip-hop you know what i'm saying all these different things so i think that's dope because especially in the visual scale because a lot of artists kind of get hung up on the size of their work right like yeah. some people <clears throat> just paint big shit yeah like yeah. <laughs> their smallest pieces be like 58 by 40 like yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying like be huge pieces or whatever so I think I think that's pretty cool um and I think that that just adds to what you were saying about um the work kind of dictating 
where you go. And a lot of people say that, but they still work in the same scale yeah, and well, still work I, with I, a I lot of same people. material. I think my real people, I think my yeah. people that have places in New York, they can't have a painting that big. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about what, what does this work live? They can't work like that. They can only live in a museum or somebody that's really wealthy. Ooh. So when you make work that yeah. big, that's what you're saying. Like, yeah. not only kids not fit in your place, but you can't yeah. afford it. So yeah. when you make something that that's small, yeah. that can go in real home. Yeah, you know? yeah. Not, not gonna lie. Once I saw my first uh, six foot by six foot canvas last weekend <laughs> in like up close and not in a gallery space, I went home and was like, "Do I have a wall?" I did find a wall. Yeah. Just I was like, it was well, yeah. so, so you know, Raquel is is the the. Novice, the art enthusiast, right? Uh, like, I know enough. I think she, I've moved. You, up you, to she's moved from novice to intermediate, but I'm really, I think so. You don't think so? It's a lot of shit to know. It's a lot of shit to know. I'm saying it's a lot of shit to know. So, what's the what's I mean, there if is I, no there, if I could pass the APR history test right now, could I at least be intermediate? <laughs> Who's your top 10 favorite artist? Oh, no, we're not doing that. But um, I'm but, the art enthusiast, and yeah. one of my personal goals, which is part of my journey on the podcast, is I want to be a um, I don't want to say professional art collector, but I want to be more yeah, intentional in the art that I'm collecting. And so, with that, because of the way that I am, I want to know all the details about it. So I'm not just a, oh, I have that. I understand yeah. technique, process, history, reference. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's 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 where I, I call myself the art enthusiast. Yeah. Good. So you're, I, not gonna, you're not gonna limit me. <laughs> we need we need more. Yeah, we had a chance to to sit down with Dawn Okoro, who I know you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you've seen her punk noir stuff. I have. Oh my God. Yeah. I am so in love. So yeah. her studio mm-hmm. is a home studio. Mm-hmm. We got there. Yeah. She had all the punk noir pieces in the house, man. Yeah. Oh, really? Huge, yeah, they're big. Yeah. yeah. They're big as hell and, and beautiful. Kigata, the orange one with the uh, naked lady in the purple robe, was mm-hmm. sitting, was the one that was yeah. kind of greeted us at the door. So I walked in like, oh, shit. And then it just kind of takes you in. Yeah. 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 yeah so and now I know, I feel like I need a six by six yeah. canvas in my house. Yeah. We got, to, we got to sit with some of her work and talk about that. And now yeah. that shit's crazy, man. She's... She's on the way. She's on the way. But I I don't think until you made that point that I ever thought about the scale kind of limiting where it can live. I never made that connection. It's kind of like, well, it's not kind of like, it's, I'm trying to think of. That's what I'm saying. If you're just just doing, if you're just making work for museum show, you're not actually selling work. Mm Mm-hmm. That's also that's also your mind frame of thinking about things, you know. Yeah. Because you would meet somebody in New York said, "I love your work, but it's too big." Yeah. If you if you get told that twenty times. And they used to, and you hang out in New York and you go to people's places and, and you know it's just mm-hmm. it's just small places. It's not yeah. it's not it has something with money. It's just you know yeah. It's how New York is. So you yeah. know, you're gonna change your scale. Yeah, and you know with some artists it has to do with money because it's like hey I'm not catering to you motherfuckers. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going for the whales and that's There's it. a lot of folks <laughs> like that. That's cool. You can be like that. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. Right, that's, not, that's not my that's not my agenda. So yeah, I, I think you know a lot of times as you know the reason for this podcast existing like people forget about the people that their work is about mm-hmm. and for right i know <laughs> like, i want to include them they, they don't make, make the it work. hard for me yeah they I make love the y'all. work for and about the people in their communities and they can't touch it couldn't afford it can't even go can't see get a print shit. like yeah <laughs> like so the, you know mm-hmm. that's crazy so i think that's you know that's that's commendable. Uh, at least but you know i got to still you got project real project real houses man so yeah. you can't be around somebody like Rick Lowe and be around an environment and then and this would be stuck in this realm of yeah. paintings, you know, and drawings. It's like I started figuring out how can I really affect my community. 
Yeah. How can I interact with people and make them understand why art is important, you know? And that's not going to exist on the canvas or drawing. They don't care. These people, I I mean, my story is in a place where people just trying to pay the electric bill. Uh, They don't give a shit about your paintings, man. You know? They They just say, oh, that's nice, man. Yeah. And they keep moving. And so you start thinking about, man, how how can I integrate here? And do things. That's how the beauty box is born, you know. Yeah. The installation. How can I do something in my neighborhood that can have people part of, and it's free. Yeah. Costs no money. Yeah. So it's just about spending a little time and hanging out. Absolutely. And so, and we're gonna talk a little bit about beauty box because that's that goes into a lot of the things that you know you and I have talked about in terms of bringing the art to the people. Um, but we've also talked a little bit about you know what media you use, or we've mentioned several different media. But can you kind of give us a rundown of the media that you tend to use um, or that you've experimented with, which and I know as, a lot. You mean for <laughs> the, the painting and drawings are just in uh, overall? All, all medias that you've experimented with. They need to know how vast this oh, shit wow. is. <laughs> all right. So, you know, of course, we got the, the drawing, the painting, the printmaking, yeah. Yeah. Um, sculpture, um, found object sculpture, installations, um, albums, film, um, performance art, yeah. which is I love, you know. Very important. Um, what else? I mean, I think that's everything. I mean, I yeah. think there's nothing we have I haven't done yeah. yet that. I mean, we could geek out and be like, you know, the difference between lithography and oh yeah, you know, sure. all that other yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, everything, all, all the printmaking, <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> Stone, yeah. everything, traditional, silk screen, everything has been done. Yeah, I enjoy, I, I enjoy more silk screen. Is there any media that you've experimented with that you're like, mm, that's not it? Mm. I love oil. You just it's, it's really messy. This takes a long time to dry. That comment um, has been made yeah. like six times. It's true. On this it's true. I mean, true. so something, something like so. I got oil you stick. I love. I can make an oil you stick drawing or something. But I just, love oil stick. Just plain oil you kind of not my thing no more. It just just takes too much long. Takes, yeah. And I, I I move very with the times. So my yeah. the work yeah. is kind of made consistently and quickly. Yeah. Okay. And to give so. people an idea of how long it takes oil stick oil to dry. An oil stick is a lot of times a better option, and that shit take twenty four hours to twenty four to thirty six hours to dry for one yeah. layer, and that's fast as shit. That's like, fast as shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on what kind of painting you made? Like that, I made this Biggie Smalls painting a long time ago. It took like yeah. three months to dry. Yeah, and then if in a place like Houston where it's humid as shit, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it takes longer. Don't let it rain too hard, and there's a lot more humidity in there. Shit gonna take forever. And you'll be mad. <laughs> so when you're creating, how do you, what's the stopping point? So how do you know you're done with a piece? Is it a feeling? Is it a look? It's a feeling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I already have it in my head what it's going to look like. Especially like those, those paper pieces where I carve into them. I already know when it's done. Mm-hmm. And because I can know when I start, because I start, I start when the layering is right. So when I know it's thick enough, yeah. and I know it's going to be done when I finish carving. Okay. Collages are more organic. They just speak to me. I just know when it's there. I say, okay, that's it. You just know. Uh, I can't tell you. It's like you know, same thing when the director knows when the movie is finished. It's just you just know. Mm-hmm. So you asked me my top ten artists earlier, put me on the spot, and I was not ready. But we'll come back to that. But for you, who are your top three that you look to if you had to list as influences? Ooh, David Hammonds, um, Robin Rauschenberg, and John Cage. Okay. That's how he's one of the reasons I got into making albums. Uh, and Alex Haley, I heard this Alex Haley record he made where he talked about the process of making roots that mm. took him 13 years to make. So I was like, damn, could I commit to anything for 13 years to make it? 
Yeah. Like that's commitment. So just him hearing, yeah. hearing this process kind of like just changed my way of like, man, I can make these records too, man, that are that are still musical, that still could be commercial successes, but still be experimental and then give people what they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I try to get everything I need from when I do something. I try to make sure I can make money, I can give back, I can tell a story, and if I can get all those things out of it, mm-hmm. it's successful. Okay. I mean, but I mean, the fact that I have to think about money, it sucks, but it's just the reality of it because yeah. I need money to make another project. And so, you know, like I said, once you start having a family, everything has to make sense. Yeah. And that's a good thing about, you know, like growing up and having a family because art changes for you. So it's still all the same reasons why I got involved, but it has to make sense because at the end of the day, I have yeah. to go home. I have to, you know, I have to be responsible for all my hours of the day. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's challenging, but I think that's the that's the part that make you kind of step up. It's like how do you make a diamond? You got to have pressure. I mean, you know, you're not getting it from a hug. I think yeah. we talked about you yeah. Know, yeah. Hug yeah. not making a diamond. It's that pressure. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So yeah, and but that's you know, and we've talked about this. You and I talked about this the other night because I was kind of telling you my issues with my depression. But that's the shit, man. Like for artists, man, that's yeah, that's I go the, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's the difficulty. Unfortunately, like you know, you got to find a way to balance. I got a therapist that, now. So. Yeah, that balance on good. Yay. Good, my friends. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell y'all right now. You know this podcast. Your friends don't want to hear that shit, man. You know, okay? Get you a therapist. <laughs> you only got so long for your friends to be like, "Yo, don't let this nigga come over no more. He's gonna talk about his." Yo, so you got to know when to not put it on your friends either. Yeah. You know, make yeah. that keep that pure. Get you a therapist. Yeah. But you also got to check on your strong friend, man. Oh yeah, you, you got to check, check on, on your strong no, no, friend. Yeah, my friends, and listen, and man. And encourage them to go to therapy. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because oh. that's, Yo, that's what I do. I'm like, hey, bro, you sound like you need a therapist. I love you, <laughs> but I can't. I can only help you so much anyway like yeah. that you know that's legit been my thing like yo i'ma listen but i'ma suggest you find a therapist but it's yeah. good it's good going to therapy because you can kind of talk like a therapist i've been getting my friends like really yeah therapy i'm like what you should do is man is uh you know? like, have you ever considered how yeah this, yeah yeah that's hilarious i'm like man you've grown so much like i know right yeah so let me ask you this how do you balance it all though like you know i know you're going to therapy now whatever but but in, in the meantime, because you have to find like, and this is what I've learned from my uh, informal therapy sessions when they were thinking about putting me in the hospital. But that's a whole nother topic. Um, but <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's episode nine. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go listen to that. I yeah. talked about that shit. But um, how do you like in the meantime, like how do you cope? Right. Because when you go back to your therapist, you can unload. But how do you cope? How do you balance, you know, the, the demands of artistry and the demands of family? Mm. And the demands of business. <laughs> yeah. If you separate your. I know I do. Um, what I'm doing now, I'm, I'm I've changed my diet a little bit. You know, I, I started doing cool. yoga. I started running, and just find other things that I'm passionate about outside of art. So I was like, you yeah. know, what else would I do in my life if I wasn't an artist? And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, what yeah. would I do outside of this? And yeah. that's why I was like. Taking these classes, I think I'm gonna go back to school for African American studies. I think I want yeah, like to do I that. Yeah, I'm telling me that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's something I'm really passionate about. Outside of money, like what can I do that I will love, and that's what I came up with. Yeah. Besides, like product design and yeah, making sneakers, which I am in the FIT program, making sneakers, designing sneakers. So, Where? Yeah. Oh, um, what haven't you tried? <laughs> I want to die. You know, my my role model is Quincy Jones. I said I can't. Wait. I hope I can meet him before he passes, man. But I love people that that squeeze everything out of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't want to be old with no regrets. Because that's the main yeah. thing when I read, and yeah. I think being a reader also helps, man. Because you can yeah. kind of 
see where people made their mistakes and, and their number one mistake is yeah. they didn't try things they were they were fearful and they didn't do this because true people thought they would you know yeah. people gonna talk shit about you anyway yeah no matter what I do when I leave somebody's gonna say something yeah no matter if I pull up in a Benz or a Penso or whatever's happening, you just gotta know that. Got some shit to yeah, say. that just, I, 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 that really you gotta really start saying you don't care what people think, and yeah. people say it all the time, but they don't mean it. Yeah, they care what people think, and that that kind of goes to one of our questions we love to ask: like, yeah. how much do people's opinions matter? Not about very your, much. Your, your work. Not very much. If you're a critic, it means fucking nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> what I always say is, I'm a gladiator. I'm in the, I'm in the stadium. So if you yeah. haven't been in the stadium, yeah. I don't care what you're saying. Mm. If you if you're a spectator, man, you can kiss my ass all day long. Yeah. Because the question is, where's yeah. your album? Where's your exhibition? Where's your documentary? Where's yeah. your book? Yeah. Oh, you didn't do anything. Are you talking shit? Yeah. Okay. Nah. Yeah. And that, that, in my man. circle, they do shit. I, I respect them because yeah. they, you know. Yeah. It's like when we was in school and you had these teachers who just be on your ass. You're like, what have you done? And the <laughs> ones who've done stuff, they interact with you differently because they're yeah. they're been warriors, so they know how to talk to a warrior. Yeah. And then you got these art teachers who done nothing but get degrees, and they're, and they're trying to like talk to you, like, "Hey, man, who who are you, man? Yeah, like you're actively making work, like you doing stuff, man. Yeah. Like you know, I don't know. This just means something to me. Like and you we've have all to go through it. Those. We've all run yeah. into those people, man. man. I used to say critics give me, you know, <laughs> let me little sleep, man, but I can't because you know, yeah, people that do that. I mean, people that do shit just talk to you differently, man, because they they respect yeah. it. Like I'm never gonna disrespect any artist ever when I'm critiquing them or coming to their studio. Yeah. It's all how to make you better. Yeah, and I'm not gonna. I don't gotta tell you all this negative shit because you already probably know it. Yeah, and I figure the more positive stuff you say, the more you grab on that, you're gonna let go of the negative things anyway. Yeah. So that coming to people's studio, like tearing them down, yeah. never been cool to me. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's a, it's it's definitely a that's also a balancing act because you wanna you wanna let people know where they can improve, but you also wanna n- let them know where they're on the right track, right? And I know. Hell, when I was working on uh, that one piece in your studio, I, hey man, I'm gonna come to the studio and work. And I came, I sat there, and I worked. And you, hey man, I like this. You can try this, try this, try this, try this. And like, okay, cool. I'm gonna take that shit into consideration. You know what I'm saying? Um, but at the same time, on the other end, we talked about this principle with my brother and with Brian. You know, and I think this is this is kind of what you're expressing as well. But you have to have that, you know, I love you, but fuck you kind of situation too. Like. Yeah, I hear you, but now nah, I'm gonna keep doing what the fuck I'm doing. Like, <laughs> especially when you know you own to it. And sometimes like I said, it's so subjective, and depending yeah. what kind of environment you're in. Yeah, especially you might be the only artist of color, and you got people telling you this thing. You got to know when to say, "I know what you mean," but yeah. you know that's you. You just kind of you, you're not in the right frequency to tell me that. Yeah, you just tell you know. Like I mean, I, I've been to some programs where they try to make black artists make work about being black, and they don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. They're like, this, this will be successful for you. Like, that's not the way you should approach this thing. If you're not passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, black art runs the spectrum. What, what did Danny say? We are the art. Yeah, we <laughs> are the art. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. I'm saying, man, knowledge itself and just, yeah. and, and, and knowing your history, man, just, it just changes how you conduct and move yourself in yeah. the world. Yeah, and it, we are definitely more dynamic than people even fucking know. Like, as no, people, they, all they, people they know it. No, no, they, no, they know it. It's a problem. They know it. They don't want you to know it. And when you know it, that's the problem. Fair point. <laughs> so part of our um, our conversation and the basis of our platform is kind of artist experience navigating through the art world marginal, as a marginalized person. So mm-hmm. as a black man, what's been your experience? Have you run into situations where you're like, I'm being limited because 
of expect or not expectations, but um, misperceptions, misconceptions. Absolutely. Of me as a black man and as a black uh-huh. artist. Can you talk to I that? get stereotyped a lot. I mean, it's, it's unfair. It's just the world, though, you know. Mm-hmm. When people know me, they, they know that I'm open-minded and, you know, there's all these possibilities there. But just looking at a black man as, as heterosexual, um, that's that's so, that's so, uh, another space that I, I'm kind of in sometimes by myself. Yeah. And sexuality is not a, a major factor at all in my friends or anything. So it's where I get treated a certain way because I'm masculine and they think I'm, I'm, a, I'm a certain thing. Yeah. And that's not true, you yeah. know. So, um, for me, that's been a lot of my new struggle is just being uh, heterosexual, black, you know, male, and in, yeah. in this art world, and just assuming, yeah, yeah, I'm a stereotype, whatever. I mean, I got tattoos, you know. I love I love hip hop, but I also do a lot of other things that are not, you know, stereotypical. And um, I don't know. It's just yeah. I just I face it head on, and I just try to shift that perception by being me. Yeah, I mean, and, you know. But it's been, you know, some struggle there sometimes, you know. So what advice would you give to other marginalized artists who feel that sometimes the pressure of like, hey, I'm not getting these opportunities because of my, I and I use the term otherness just to denote that we're talking to, in the art space, it's predominantly white males. Yeah. So all the others, not in a punchy kind of way. But yeah, yeah. But yeah. the otherness, if they feel like that's limiting them and their success, what advice would you give them? Um, keep doing your own thing. Make sure you create a lane that's about that's something you can do outside of an institution. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. means um, planning. You know, doing your own shows, doing things outside the box. And I think when you make enough leeway in that, you make enough you make enough noise that that's, it starts making people paying attention. You know, yeah. I mean, so you just have to be self sufficient. You can't just be waiting on a gallery or an institution. It doesn't doesn't work that way. I mean, you're going to know early on if, if you're going to be picked up or not. It's like sports, you know. If you're in school and people are doing studio events and galleries are coming by, you're not getting picked up, you you got to start thinking, hey, I might have to do this thing on my own. Yeah. Because they might not see it. I mean, especially now, I mean, you know, being of color is hot, you know. It's, you know, it's a thing now, but it's, it's not always a thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just got to be out there, you know. Like, we talk about, like, Carrie James Marshall. You know, it was a time period in the 90s when figurative painting was kind of going out of style. Yeah. And he was still doing that, and it just wasn't as hot. Mm-hmm. And now it, it comes back around full circle. He hasn't strayed from what he was doing. Nope. Now mm-hmm. now he's the man. Yeah. So it's also staying your ground in what you believe in and keep doing that. And knowing when it's working and just knowing yeah. when it's not, it's your time yet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, you, you do got to adjust your work. You know, it's always a Rubik's Cube. And some artists don't want to do that, and that's why they won't level up. But some artists are on to something really great and they just not confident and they switch too quick because it's not moving at the speed they yeah. want. Mm-hmm. And so you got to know how to gauge that. That's difficult. It's very difficult to ask. It's not easy to say, oh, I'm doing something great. It's just not my time. It's hard. It's hard to be in that space because they're like, so everybody wants their work appreciated. You want to sell work. And so it's like, you always have to be kind of like, you know, you're in a lab, you're a scientist, you know, see it that way. You know, always experimenting. You always, Taking your work, you dissecting it. You always trying to get better, and if you if you stay in that kind of work zone, you're gonna be fine. Yeah. So what's the the I've made it in my art? What does that space look like for you? Mm, I've been thinking about that a lot because um I'm trying to do it now. For me, it's building a team. Okay. Uh, I want to have at least five to seven people on payroll that they have a great salary insurance, mm-hmm. and we can work together to make these projects that that I dream about a reality. But it's a team. 
because I, I, just, I just I don't think it's possible for anybody to level up to what he wanted without a team. I yeah. mean, anybody I look at, it's a team around them that might not be visible. I mean, Beyonce is definitely a genius, but she has an amazing team. Yeah. So does, so does Jay-Z. So does anybody that you can name. Their team yeah. is magnificent. So I've been trying to build a great team, and I've been building one. And so next year is, uh, you know, the first opportunity I have to, like, to utilize my team and see what what's the difference between me doing all, everything by myself and then having a team. Yeah. But also learn for me, it's like learning how to delegate work too is success to me because I, you know, you got to trust people with things that you wouldn't normally trust them with. So, mm. yeah, success to me is having a team, um, having work international, um, um, infiltrating the culture of, mm. of of pop culture, like you know, just, but but maintaining myself with integrity. Mm. So I don't want to be limited to like a museum or a gallery. I want to do a collaboration with Nike and Adidas, and I want to make a G-Shock watch, and I want to do all these things that are art, you know, yeah. and, and not be, you know, limited to a box. I want to make a film. I'm doing a documentary now. So I just want people to follow me where I go and trust that if you love that stuff, that you're going to love this over here. Yeah. And so um, I think it's, I think it'll be done, man. People like you know, Donald Glover inspire me. I mean, he's younger than me, but it's like that's, that's that, those kind of things are possible now that it wasn't possible 10 years ago because yeah. people just couldn't understand they couldn't let you out your box. Yeah. Like, no, you are this is you are Ice Cube. You're just a gangster rapper. You cannot be a director. And all of a sudden, we know we start knocking walls down. But it's, it's been there, you know. It's, yeah. It's always been those guys for us. Um, what's my man? Who's a, who's a um, classical singer? He became an actor. Paul Robeson. Yeah. That's my first example of a man that played sports. Um, was an actor, singer. Like he did everything really well. Um, so. That's all I want to yeah. do, man. Whatever I do, I want to do it really well. Yeah. I, I take I take it seriously. And um, let me ask you, yeah. what, what is a what does your team look like? Like in terms of what? Because you know we in the art world, it's interesting and it's very controversial when people have teams. Because yeah. you know you have people that are uh, acclaimed painters who don't paint no more. Yeah, you know no, no, not that kind of team. Saying <laughs> like my team consists of a, of a competent accountant. Um, um, I like an assistant who handles who helps me with grants. Yeah, uh, getting my deadlines in. Yeah, when somebody wants to buy, she handles the sale, kind of yeah. like a dealer. But my own, you know, we work together. And I do got an art dealer. I got the, my gallery network. Yeah, and I got a PR team now that handles stuff. Like I want to do a, a a collaboration with Adidas. They reach yeah. out to Adidas. Okay, they help me with my social media because yeah. now I'm realizing. Yeah. Hey man, I want, oh, I want to do another thing. I want to do something with Adidas again. And they like, oh yeah, cool. I remember you. We did something like in 2013. Yeah, yeah, you did them let me socks. Check your, yeah, let me check your followers. Oh no, kid, you need fifteen thousand followers, man. And so that's a reality that you got to think about. Like, hey man, social capital. I didn't even think about. I mean, I thought about it, but I didn't care. But yo, man, people are getting deals off their numbers, and numbers don't lie. So I mean, you just have to yeah. worry about things like that now. Yeah, and it's adds so much pressure to being an artist. And I understand why people just ignore that stuff and just, you know, just do one thing because it's, yeah. it's complicated, man. You know, I, I wouldn't. Sure. I, it's not for everybody. I mean, so, no, I, I, you not. know, it's a hustle. It's a hustle. And everybody don't want to hustle. And that's fine. <laughs> it's that's perfectly fine. fine. Yeah. But this shit is a hustle like crazy. And, you know, I'm I'm glad that, you know, with this podcast, I'm getting to sit down with so many seasoned artists because I'm about to enter this hustle for real. Like I said, I'm only a teacher for the next five or six months, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and then I'm I'm out there. So uh, everything you know, was for a it's, reason. It's I'm, encouraging. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's I'm, encouraging. No, it is. I'm proud for of sure. you, man. It's it's gonna be 
It's going to be tough. It's going to be worth it, man. Yeah. You know? Do you sure. have a mentor? Yeah, I have a lot of mentors. Do you, um, could you speak to that for our listeners, particularly the ones that are artists, the value that there is in mentorship? So I got mentors who I've never met before. Mm-hmm. Their work just inspired me. And I just I follow them so much that their work just mentored me. Yeah. As far as where I want to take my career, as far as you know, just projects, aesthetics wise. But then I have real ones in my life um, who I can call. Like my mentor called me when we was outside. Mm-hmm. Tyranny Malone. Uh, he's a mentor. Um, this cat to me is a master artist, and he opens his studio to me in his time. And you know, now we I consider him a friend, and that's weird because he was my mentor, but now. He's a friend. People like David McGee, um, Rick Lowe, um, Michelle Barnes. Um, who else? So what does that mentor relationship look like? Is it bouncing ideas off of each other, connecting you For with sure. resources? For sure. Sometimes telling you, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know. Um, Get some rest. Being support- Yeah, being supportive. <laughs> and sometimes just the stuff they do. Sometimes they're so busy just watching yeah. them continue to do what they do. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's enough inspiration because, you know, you think – where would I be in 20 years, you know? Yeah. I remember I was in Pittsburgh, and uh, my birthday, I had my birthday in Pittsburgh, and I was out there by myself, and uh, that's when Blade Runner came out. Yeah. To do Blade Runner. And so when I did the math on that year, I would be 75. And so I got mad depressed, because Pittsburgh is already like a dark, gloomy city. Mm-hmm. I come out of this movie, which has no people of color in it. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, man, what do I look like, and what, what I'll be doing at 75? Mm-hmm. So I called my Uber driver, and this guy picks me up, and this guy is swaggy as hell. I mean, he got a cool fitted on. I mean, he just looks cool, man. And I asked the brother how old he is. He's 75. Yeah. And he just gave me so much hope. I was like, wow, I can look like that at 75. Yeah. I mean, he would just look so cool. And I'm like, okay, I just feel better because sometimes you can't imagine. So mentors are just people that help you imagine what you could be doing and where you can be at in that particular space and time. Yeah. And know that it's not about, it's not, it's a marathon. It's not a, a sprint. And I used to do things. You know, I still move really fast because I want to, but I also realize it's a marathon, and I'm, and I'm doing this for my whole life. So I got time, you know. Yeah. But then, you know, things happen and you don't. So I try to stay, you know, in uh, a state of constant um, thinking about the presence, and that kind of changed things, too. That's how I yeah. kind of stopped getting out of depression. I started thinking about now yeah. and not about next year and all these things I got to do. Just think about, like, now and creating. That kind of takes you back. It kind of takes that anxiety off of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's what yeah. So those are my mentors. But I'm always meeting new new mentors, people that want to take me in and yeah. give me advice, and I welcome those people. Do you mentor other artists? Absolutely. Okay. Any any anytime anybody to call me, email me, I'm there because I didn't have that young, and so I I was trying to figure things out. Yeah. And I just wish I had somebody that was a little bit older, like ten years older than me, that I can look up to. But like, damn, I want to be like that, and so I always try to be that, you know. So yeah, I have plenty. Yeah, I'm big on that, man. That's and cause be, also because I care about the culture. Yeah. Like we don't we don't mentor. Do you care about the future of color artists of color coming through, especially in the fine art field? Mm-hmm. I'm not meaning a lot of young cats to say I'm, I draw and I paint. Yeah, it's all digital. And so when I meet those people that are interested in like the the basics, I mean, I, I try to take them in. Yeah, let's let's talk about kind of. I know it's gonna kind of slow us down because he's real passionate, but you're passionate about everything. Yeah, you man. Do. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> nah, you good. You good. You you fine. I mean, man. sometimes I'm talking and we and people think from afar that we fighting. <laughs> and we just passionate. Like especially me and my boy Dennis, man. We just we yeah. get into it, but it's not. We just both the same kind of person. It's just like look, it looks crazy from afar. Yeah. Like, y'all y'all okay? Like yeah. What are you talking about? That's funny. Now I want to talk about um your your, your current exhibition. 
um, the work, of course, but mostly the initiative that is kind of starting, right? Or continuing. Yeah, Because yeah. it started with Beauty Box, right? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the first move. Um, what is Beauty Box? Yeah, we're about to get there. Oh, is yeah. that what we're yeah, going yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're okay. going to talk about that too. Because okay. Beauty Box, Beauty Box was dope. Uh, actually, uh, Rebea and I kind of, we, we talked about that a little bit. Um, so can you explain what Beauty Box was um, and then what your current exhibition is doing? At Culture? Yeah, at Culture. Okay. Uh, the so the, culture the Restaurant? Yeah. Yes, Culture the Restaurant. I love that place. Yeah, yes. yeah. So the Beauty Box was a three-month installation that took place in Thurry Ward. And it, it was kind of designed off of your grandmother's house. You know that wallpaper, those sconces, those you no know, that JFK photo, that that MLK yeah. uh, Coretta photo. You know, mm-hmm. it's a space that make you feel real comfortable. But it was an outside space with that living room kind of arrangement. But more importantly, the space was about just being comfortable, having a place where we can talk about art and community. Yeah, um, have performances. So it, it would activate local musicians here. We would show films, the documentaries that were kind of you know important to the neighborhood, stuff on gentrification, whatever, and then. We would have uh, artist talks. And so it was something really experimental, and it kind of just took off. And um, from there, after doing it, I knew that I wanted to take it across the country. Mm-hmm. And so it just been, my thing now is figuring out how to do that. Yeah. So I got I got all kind of architectural designs. I'm still not happy with anything, but I did it recently in Pittsburgh last summer. Okay. And it was really challenging because... Third Ward, I knew that neighborhood. I was from there, so it was easy because I knew everybody in the neighborhood. But when you take that into a neighborhood that's foreign and they don't know you, yeah. oh, my God, it's different. Yeah. And so I had to, like, make alliances, and people thought mm-hmm. I was a gentrifier. And, you know, it was just like it's, it was a lot of work that I yeah. didn't think about. And so now it helped me to think about how this thing can really be a reality when I travel into different neighborhoods. Okay. And so the neighborhood I did it was in was called Homewood. And it's very similar to Third Ward, but it's in Pittsburgh. And so the dude, so I found this shop that used to be a fruit stand, and I made it, I kind of re, redid the fruit stand and, and uh, modernized it, but I made it where we did a fashion show there. We also had artist talks. We also had performances, but it was way more raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did a mural on the side. But anyway, this cat had, he made a sign in the front that, like, it said, like, coats for sale for four ninety five. You know, it just was random sayings, and I took it down so I could put up this quote um, that talked about, you know, self-esteem. It was a re- it's a really famous yeah. quote, and I'll tell you about it later, but what was interesting to me was when I was done with the project, he took that down because he felt offended that I took down his sign. Even though it said nothing, it meant nothing. I put up this beautiful quote, man. Yeah. The moment he knew my project was over, he just started taking my shit down. And I'm just like, wow, man. So it's also dealing with a mentality of poverty. It's not really the money. You know, the poverty yeah. is the mentality and the way we treat each other. And so um, always doing that project, I learned I, it's, it's, it's weird doing things in the, in the inner city neighborhood, man, because it's more. When you think about how we are animals, and we think about yeah. like our, our basic instinct, the hood reminds you of that, man, because it's yeah, so. Absolutely. It's so like every man for themselves. Survival. Survival, and it's so hard to get people on it. And I understand why, but it's it's yeah. like, to me, that's the Rubik's Cube. I want to figure out like how do you make everyday people interact with art in a way that makes sense for them and adds yeah. to their life. And they and, and and they don't feel like they, they should ignore it because it's ways that they can build off that, and even just change even me cleaning that lot up was important. Like, yeah. let let's start there. Let's start by keeping our neighborhoods clean. Like yeah. you know, you see a trash can there and you still throw it on the ground. Yeah. Like why? 
because I think that's that what you just said is important to the community. But it's also important to note that when you did it in third ward, it was literally three walls, no roof, no roof. Yeah. <laughs> the the front of it was gone. Like it was basically it was just a slab like in between two buildings. <laughs> yeah, but it was problems there. The reason why the, the, the yeah. isolation stopped being messed with because one night. I don't know who he is. He, uh, apparently, he's some major drug dealer. He came in and... Not going to name no names. I don't know his name anyway, oh, but okay. the thing is, he was like, this reminds me so much of my grandmother's house. And he almost cried. He was like, nobody's going to touch this. And after that, nobody touched it. But before then, people were selling drugs out, the installation. They were having... Oh, wow. You know, Trapping the, out the art installation. Yeah, it was prostitution happening because now they had a place they could go in the corner with a couch. So, you know, we had to... You know, that guy kind of... Mm. You know, he's like little J, man. He's like, yo, this is not happening no more. And it just stops, you know. So yeah. whoever that brother is, thankful for him, man. But yeah. these are the kind of things you got to deal with when you're doing like, you know, projects inside yeah. of a of a neighborhood that, um, yeah. you know. What makes it rewarding? Just the people that you change. The people that, that say, wow, okay, I can do this for a living. Or, yeah. hey, man, I, I, I design clothes. And then me showing them all these options they can do with yeah. a career in life that nobody told them. And so figuring out, like, look, you, whatever you do, I can help you monetize that because it's a career for it. Yeah, it's just sure. you know nobody tells them that you know it's a, we're still living these four options of doctor, lawyer, account. You know, it's, we yeah. still they're still pretty confined. Do you think it'll be wide open? And and, and sometimes it is, but depending on where yeah. you are. Mm-hmm. My nephew is doing. He's working on robots. He's like he's like one of the top kids that's doing like you know robotics. You know, but look where he is. I mean, he's not in third ward doing that. So it's like these kids still are living yeah. with these minimal options of what they can be, and they should yeah. be given those resources to say, look. Then you can do whatever you want. What do you want to do? Okay, let me show you how you can do that. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is the steps to do that. And so that was rewarding me and these, you know, our, and the kids that was like, you know, designers or singers and, and just giving them like, you know, real, real tips on how to do that for a living. Yeah. And I just saying, man, that's a dream. It's not. It's just steps you got to do. Where even if you don't make it into that, you can still be in that field where you might, can, you might yeah. be um, an engineer. You don't have to be the rapper. Engineers make a lot of money. You might yeah. own a studio. You could be a manager. You could be. It's a lot of things you can do. So, yeah. do you consider your work political? Um, sometimes. Sometimes what, it is, and sometimes it's not. What are give me some examples of the work that you do consider political? Oh, uh, it just might be a. It might be a, a, a slogan or, a, or you know just a word can make somebody feel like it's political. Okay. Like I had a painting that's just say a spaceship. And it's from this Jay Electronica, Electronica song with Jay Z about um, it was like from the from the slave field to the spaceship. Oh yeah, and they did this oh, remix yeah. song, and so I made this like this octagon painting. It was a uh, reclaimed paper. It was all silver, and the spaceship had cotton inside. That I had picked from this guy around the corner in Third Ward. He was growing cotton. So yeah. um, this lawyer bought it. This Jewish guy bought it. He was going in the Pennzoil building which is like the, one of the tallest buildings in, in, in Houston. So I'm bringing it in, and a woman's asking me, oh, I love the painting. What is it about? And when I told her, she got quiet. She's like, does Andrew know what the painting is about? I said, yes, he does, and it's going to be in the hallway. <laughs> and so that was political for her because she loved it until she, yeah. I told her the story of, you know, yeah. the black folks yeah. have a future, and we are in, yeah. kind of like my homegirl Alicia Worms to say there are black people in the future. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, that said, that shouldn't be political. That's what I said. I don't, sometimes that shouldn't be political, but... You know, yeah. people don't want to imagine us in the future for some reason. Well, that you know, this keeps coming up, but like, just being, just being as a person of color in this day and age is political. Like that's a political stance. 
Yeah. Like, Especially so. being free. I mean, you know. That's what I was going to say. I think there's this defiance and this thing that I'm taking in from the journey is that all the artists we talk to, being an artist does seem like it's a defiant act. And yeah. that's that's a, a concept that I'm kind of falling in love with now that we're doing the podcast, yeah. that all the artists in their own ways, despite their limitations or their struggles, yeah. there's a defiance that I'm doing art and well, there's, look, a, there's a beauty in it. It kind of goes back to that same thing that, you know, I've shared a few times on the podcast um, from the Ted Orland and David Bell's book. Um, how am I forgetting the name of that book? I talk about that fucking book all the time. Art of Fear. fear. Uh, fear of art and fear. Art, art and fear. Art and fear. Yeah. yeah. Where they basically are talking about how when a blank canvas is in front of you, mm-hmm. it can be everything or it can be nothing. Right. So just breaking past that barrier of fear, like, what if it's a piece of shit? Listen, if it's, there's a good chance it could be some shit. Mm -hmm. But who the fuck cares? You're not going to learn until you do it, right? You ain't going to have, you're not going to be able to show it to anybody that can help you get better until you actually do it. Nobody can critique work that doesn't fucking exist. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So breaking past that fear is already defined enough. And then in a world that pigeonholes, especially for for women and people of color, like and women people of color. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for you know, for us it's difficult because it's like, well shit, we gotta we gotta make this money to so that white people don't look at us, you know what I'm saying, crazy. Mm-hmm. We have to be accepted. We have to be accepted. So a lot of times making art and not making as much money as you could being a fucking lawyer or a doctor or anything else, that shit is defiant than a motherfucker. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's part of the freedom my dad gave me from his lifestyle. Yeah. You know, I got to see what, what money looked like and see that, like I said, also it's not as important as you think it is. Mm-hmm. That's something that he didn't know because he grew up poor. So yeah. he thought money, you know, shifted everything. So when I see somebody who has yeah. money and it's still fucked up, yeah. I know that money's not everything. So I look for something else. I look for a balance. And yeah. that's something my dad just didn't know how to do. You know, he just knew one thing, and that one thing was access and money and, and material things, but yeah. everything else fell off. So, yeah. I mean, my biggest lesson from him is having a medium, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I don't know. Money is important, but also, also another thing that's success for me is li- not living off my art, like doing other things that sustain me outside of my paintings. Yeah. Because like, I lived off my art and I've done it, but that's not what I want to do anymore. Because it also relies on me. It also relies on buyers and other people, and yeah. then um, chasing money. And um, so I'm trying to create residual money from films and like you know and uh, music that allows that to feed my art. That I can really be yeah. honest too. Mm-hmm. And my true honesty is saying I don't give a fuck if you buy this or not. And that's what I'm getting to next year. Yeah. Do you, do you think you're vulnerable vulnerable in your art right now? Absolutely. When you love your work, you're always vulnerable because it's you at the you at the mercy of a buyer. Yeah, you know, you the heart and soul you know? in it. Yeah, but it it it's I think it it's made a little bit more comfortable when you're doing it for reasons that aren't necessarily the money. Kind of like we were talking about with Beauty Box, right? Yeah, and then like with the reason that you have the work at Culture is so that people can experience it in a place that's accessible, accessible, comfortable. Right? Yeah, yeah. So what I guess what are your like moving forward in that, what are your plans to, uh, or how are you going to implement that in other spaces? Or well, I'm going like, to focus on culture for, for now. And then the thing is, I'm going to curate all the shows next year. Okay. So I'm fine. Culture. Um, uh huh. Okay. 
So I'm finding, of course, established artists, you know. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to show like Tyranny Malone, but also I'm going to show really new and fresh artists who I think are amazing and help cultivate them because yeah. also that culture of curators I love, like in the 80s, is dead too. Like I'm about that curator that finds this painter in this obscure coffee shop yeah. and then makes him into an art star. Yeah. Like I'm into like finding artists who I know got potential, but who know nothing and me just helping them get to where they need to get to. Yeah. Um, so I want to create a, 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 a company like that. I'm working with um, this guy named David Anderson to kind of do that. Yeah. To kind of make it almost a stable artist, like a record label. Yeah. Except we take artists and we develop them and get them where they want to go. We find out what their goals are yeah. and we help them get there. Yeah. Cause it's not being done either. Like imagine yeah. that was done. You it's know, not, it's not being done. Like it's, it's like, it's like taking an athlete and say, okay, it's like having an agent. I mean, why can't artists have that? He's like, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking about art in so many different ways now. Yeah. Only because I grew up. I'm a hip hop kid. Because I grew up watching Rockefeller records. You know how that shifts my perspective when I'm alive and I can see three black men say, "Oh, you don't want to sign me. You don't think I'm valuable? Okay, I'm gonna do my own company and become the biggest rapper in the world." That yeah. that's that that's the kind of influence I'm talking about. And that and that bleeds into art. That bleeds into yeah. everything. And so I'm a product of those kind of guys, and I'm just bringing yeah. that mentality over to art too. Well, let me let me ask you this though: on on like in that same vein, when that happens, right? When you experience that success, so for example, Jay Z, right? People don't think about the fact that Jay Z and Rockefeller Records was just him and his partners. Yeah, you know what I'm saying doing some shit because of how big they are uh, now. Yeah, exactly. So when you get to that level, how are you going to maintain your humanity in that? In that success, how are you going to still connect or shit to, to, to use the cliche? How are you going to stay? How are you going to manage to stay grounded? How do you think you'll, you'll stand on the ground level? That? Yeah. Like you, I mean, no matter where you live, I think about the people that that yeah. that lost their way. They isolated themselves. Yeah. Michael Jackson got, you know, his own crib with the gate and them. Yeah. The, 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 you know, the circus and shit in there. Like he's not integrated. He's not for real. He's not <laughs> hanging out with regular folks yeah. anymore. Yeah. Think about what happened to Eminem. Just a, a current example is he had to make an album because he just assumed he was a superstar. He had to be totally destroyed. And people say this is trash for him to come back to reality and say, how can I yeah. still exist in this pop culture? Yeah, because the last album was trash. Yeah, I mean, the, but, the, <laughs> but the other one, the Kamikaze, was, yeah, Kamikaze was way was better great. because yeah. he, he realized, hey, man, I've been isolating myself. Yeah. Because it's because yeah. he's a superstar. I know it's hard because people want to always take a photo. Yeah. He's Eminem. But yeah, you got to find you got to find a way to, you Yeah, know? but sometimes that's harder, that's harder than, than we I know, think, right? I know. Because, shit, in Third War, people move across McGregor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But also, and I mean, keeping your real friends. I mean, that's someone like Jay Z guy, he's still hanging around Tata. Memphis yeah. Bleak is still his best friend. So yeah. it's also keeping. And Kanye lost his way because he got rid of Ron Fest. He got rid of Don <laughs> Kennedy. So the people that loved him and told him, no, Kanye. Yeah. He didn't want to hear no no more. So he got yeah. rid of them and started bringing in all yeah. yes men. Yeah. Until the ship starts sinking. You start saying, hey, where are my real friends? Yeah. Oh, you changed your number and then give it to him and stop calling them back. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I think that's one of those things that, like, it happens all the time, right? Especially in the art world. People start to get that love, and then they kind of ditch they people. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I've I've always found a kinship from the moment I was introduced to Jean-Michel Basquiat. But, like, seeing the feature-length film that Schnabel did and, and watching the documentaries and shit like that, like... He stopped hanging with all his homeboys, and that's where shit went left. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Fab, he left Fab Five, he left uh, uh, Diaz, and yeah. all his other people. 
and he's hanging out with the other motherfuckers that got stars. You know, because your boys gonna check you. They gonna stay on say something, and you gonna be like, yeah. That ain't it, Chief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sometimes like, some people you gotta move you gotta move away from. You know, yeah. it, it is jealousy, it yeah. is envy, but some people really love you and they're not gonna yeah. they're not gonna listen to that bullshit. Yeah. I always tell my friends that I mean I got friends that are in incredible spaces and I'm telling them, look, I'm not gonna stop being me. If you play me some shit that's whack, I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, hey man, how about a new hi hat? I'm not gonna be the yeah. friend that's gonna tell you yes because you rich or you successful. If you don't yeah. want that from me, don't invite me over. Yeah. I'm not gonna be here doing. Ain't that. nobody gonna be like, yeah, man, that shit cool. This is not cool to me. I don't see how it's even worth anything to have yeah. people like that. So I mean, also my family. Yeah, my family because they don't give a shit about art. It always keeps me in the humble place. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can literally Yo, come say real shit. I got I got a solo at the moment. She be like, oh, that's great, baby. Uh, can you take that trash out? Yeah. I remember, like, I remember when I got my first art form article. I was like, hey, mom, I got this art form. I want to give you a copy. She's like, baby, you know, just give it somebody who's going to really probably read. You know, just, I'm good. You know, I, and I, I, I know she loved me, but I, that kind of thing is also digging because, yeah. like I say, it keeps me. Yeah. It's going to always keep me there. They're not going to ever yeah. let me. Yeah. They just, they just, it's not. It is not. That's the realest shit I've heard. And I have like, a daughter, and I got a six-year-old. That's definitely going to keep you grounded. I was yeah. going to say, six-year-olds yeah. going to keep you. And I'm married yeah. to a beautiful black woman, and that's going to keep me humble. <laughs> I mean, it just is. This is like I got yeah. enough. I got enough shit around, but they keep me yeah. like, "Hey, bro, okay, good." Yeah, we don't care. Uh, we need to, you know. It's just like your wife gonna be like, "That's great, baby. Did you pick that milk up?" Yeah. Oh, you didn't pick the milk up, huh? So I mean, that's that's just shit that that's you always got to think about. To. I mean, yeah, for real. Yeah, that's crazy. So and actually, it's funny. I'm I'm sorry, Rocky. I, oh. I heard you, but uh, no, nah, it's actually funny. Uh, this is an aside. Like I. I just met your wife for the first time in person because mm-hmm. we had talked about doing some stuff with my photography and yeah. her jewelry and things like that a while back. So at the show, I saw her and I'm like, hey, and she, I know exactly yeah, who you yeah, are. Yeah. And she's so, she's so warm, but I know, I know, I know she's still going to make sure that oh. <laughs> she check you if you need it. She checked me un- unnecessarily. I'm, I'm, I already don't have no, I, I don't, I'm, I'm straight humble, bro. I was like, babe, you ain't got to do that, man. Like, give me a little bit, man. It's like, I don't get a chance to have a big head around her. Like, man, can I get a chance to do something? You know, like, this is like, you know, but, you know, I, I, like I said, I appreciate all of that yeah. because I never existed in that space. Um, and, I, you know, George H. Bush just died. Um, and his mother was kind of the same way. Like, when he would talk about his achievements and stuff at dinner, his mom would say, hey, George, you're talking about yourself too much. So, therefore, he never, he just never got in that zone yeah. of being. I mean, he's, even a book, there's only one book written about him. He didn't write it. Like somebody else wrote yeah. it. Yeah. Trump got like eight books about himself. Duh. So it's like, you know, sometimes you're, that, that kind of structure is good for you because yeah. now I'll never get in that zone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'm blessed that people care about what I'm doing. Yeah. That's hard enough. Yeah. That people care. You know how many artists, you know how many rappers it is? You know, come on, man. Like, a shitload. <laughs> I'm never out that gratitude space. Yeah. It's never. So it's such an extensive CV and all these achievements, awards, publication. Do you have a particular artistic achievement that you're most proud of to date? Oh yes, I got uh, an award from my daughter's elementary school. They gave me, <laughs> they gave me a like the fifth graders gave me an award. I spoke at their graduation. Aww. That's dope. so. I know it'd be some should be something bigger, but the fact no, nah. I feel like that's the Fuck a that. very genuine answer. Yeah, you know, it also, another one's my they had like. Uh, career. They had, they had they, the teacher gave them something like a, a, a list of artists, mm-hmm. and I was on a list like with Basquiat and John Biggers and like four kids did a project on me when That's I went to dope. my daughter's school. So my, of course, my daughter did me, mm-hmm. 
But it was just weird to see other kids like, you know. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, man, this is weird. I think to me that was something surreal. That's dope. That's that dope. You know? I don't know the teacher like that to put me on the list. I guess I don't know if she looked I don't know how I got on this list, but mm-hmm. that's the thing too is when you start moving up, you don't know yeah. how you get on these lists. It's like, yeah. man, how did I get here? Your daughter is working as a PR intern. Maybe she is. <laughs> that's funny though, because like I don't even like I don't think that people care to know that shit, but like in my classroom, because I teach high school art. Yeah. I always use the people I know. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? When I make lists for, for students to check out work for inspiration, yeah. I'd be like, shit, check out Rob, Robert Hodge. Check out Rubea Bain. Like, I literally, like, motherfuckers, I know that down the street. Like, yeah, yeah, we, we appreciate <laughs> you know that. Man? Along it's, with everybody else. And I don't even weird. think about that. Yeah. And that's stuff. Yeah. Living artists. Yeah. And that, yeah. that helps. I was like, whoa, sure. man. Yeah. I'm still awkward with that, too, man. I'm just like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm awkward with those kind of things, man. So yeah. that's why I also can't be big headed, man. I'm like, weird. <laughs> you know, I, I straight not show. Most to of us are, show. man. Like the people that are really the artists that are really charismatic, like and get up there and be like, "Hey guys, yeah. I'm a, like the fuck." I love, <laughs> I love, like, uh, um, what's her name? Jordan, Jordan. I think it's McCastle, McCastle, or something like that. She's a she's a figurative painter. Yeah, yeah, they're talking about yeah, 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 yeah. in New York. Yeah, she's dope yeah. as shit. Mm-hmm. Every time I see her on an artist talk, they ask her a question. She got the mic and she looking down. Like she she don't be looking at people. I love that shit. Work is dope as fuck. Yeah. But like she her art twenty one was great though, because she ain't had to look at the camera. She was just, yeah. <laughs> just kinda doing I, I do want I do want an art twenty one. That'd be on my bucket of success for some hey, reason. Man, that shit like, you know, they not doing that's I, I gotta say this now. That's my other chip on my shoulder, man. Southern art, Southern artists have another layer that we gotta fight through. Not only being of yes. color and yes. being an artist, yes. but then the, how they do Southern artists. Like you know, when they do these top ten artists. Mm-hmm. They're, they're always New York, yeah, because yeah. they because New York is not gonna go outside of New York to look. So they do the top artists, and New York they all LA. New York. How do yeah. we change that? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, it, it'd be one thing if we ain't have like bomb ass museums and shit, but. People literally come to Houston to go to the fucking MFA. We got more museums here than New York. Yeah, we do. But we don't have but more New York is still, it's still, it's still a center <laughs> it's still, of culture. It's still, really nothing you can do but migrate. I mean, like I said, that's the point of residence. You know? It's really just spending time there, you know? That's, I mean, I, mean, I got to do it next year. New York and LA got to be a big part yeah. of traveling because, you know. I still haven't bought into the New York hype, though. I mean, but I, it, I've been out there. Be no, I, I have shows out there, man. It, yeah. it is hype. I mean, it's a, it's a lot, a lot of. You know what? New York is it's, New York is crazy. I had a show out there, and it was like forty artists there with their portfolios, yeah, trying to talk to the director of the gallery. And I was like, "Word, people still do this." I thought during it was like the eighties, like during yeah, the show? like people, people. I'm talking about Holy asking shit. me, "How'd you get this show?" And I'm like, "Y'all still doing this out here?" So they hungry out there, man. Like stuff yeah. that artists don't do yeah. out here. Mm-hmm. I mean, people come to your show in New York just to figure out how yeah. you got the show. I mean, it's just like, man, you gotta look at my portfolio. I'm like, hey, bro, I can't help you. Like, I just, I mean, it's got to be something magical about New York, man. Because like, you tell somebody, hey, you get to live in a matchbox. It's eight million motherfuckers outside. It smells like piss even in the wintertime. And people will be like, sign me the fuck up. How? It's because it's, it's the culture. It's high on ambition. It's the culture. It's, yeah. You're because 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 if you hit, you got it's it's like you know it's it's a condensed. Amount of people yeah. that understand what you're doing can afford it, yeah. So that can change everything. But yeah. I was still shocked that people still had their portfolios yeah. like old school, 
Like one guy, he was like sixty years old. Like, yeah. yo, man, I gotta. I'm trying to get in the gallery. And I was like, oh man, it was the saddest yeah. shit. But that's that shit we was talking about, like changing that gallery experience and doing something outside of that because Bro, but they don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. those people need education. They don't know how something is missing in their life, but they don't know how to yeah. market themselves. They just think the gallery is their saving, their savior. Yeah, and yeah. it's just weird to me. Like the gallery is my partner. And yeah. I do I do a show with a gallery gallery and if I don't see a benefit in that partnership, I dissolve it. Yeah. Only one time I signed a long term contract, that's with my New York gallery, which is up now, and, and I'm getting my shit back. Yeah. It was like a, a eighteen month contract, which is seems like a short time, but it's a long time <laughs> when you're not happy with your gallery. Yeah. So for the art ignorant and enthusiast, um explain that process to me, please. The so, gallery partnership between artists. So most galleries, if especially in New York, you got to do a consignment agreement, okay. which is like a record label. Mm-hmm. It's a contract. So depending on, I think he wanted to do like 24 months. I was like, no. So I was trying to get it really short. So the shortest I can get was 18 months. So basically for 18 months, they own your work and they get 50% of whatever you sell. Oh, shit. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, I can curse. It's now, so, no, so 50% <laughs> is, the thing is, the, thing is, the 50 not bad 60. if they do their job. Yeah. The 50 is bad when they don't do shit and you bring the buyers uh-huh. and yeah. they still want, that's when it starts being a conflict. So you got to know how to, how to uh, arrange your contract and say, okay, if I bring in my own buyers, you want to get 20%. Yeah. You got to pay for framing, shipping. Yeah. You got to do PR. You know, I got art news. I got some stuff from that New York gallery. Like it's not, it wasn't all bad, but a lot of it is like, like I said, they own your work for that time and, uh, even after the contract is over, they still got like three or four months before they can send your work back. Yeah. So in that time, if the work sells, they still get 50%. Yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, that's all cool if y'all have a great relationship, but it's if it's bad and they got your work for 18 months, you yeah. pissed. Yeah. Like, you know, that gallery in New York got over 30, 30 works of mine that I, I made for New York and nobody's ever seen. It's just like yeah. there. I got a gallery in Pittsburgh. I got one in New Orleans. So it's like, you know, you want to get a gallery everywhere because think about it, you only show them one time a year. Yeah. So I got a show with David Shelton in January. That's it for the rest of the year. So that that's January. So that means the rest of the year, you got to be where you're going to be at, where you're showing. And so you want to get multiple galleries, but you got to make sure yeah. that contract is right, that you trust them. People get their work stolen. Galleries are selling work and not telling artists. So it's yeah. a lot of shady shit happening, man. So you got to be really yeah. careful about who you sign with. That's, it's not just based off the name, you know? Yeah. yeah. And there's some galleries that have a name but also seem to be doing a great damn job. Like, For sure. Because when sure. you look at Jack Shaman in New York, dude, oh, like, they got it. every yes. fucking model. Jack Shaman is, is, is on the list, you know? But yeah. like, even here, David Shelton is an amazing gallery. Like, I yeah. watched him for years before we decided to do this thing. It was it was a both a mutual slow buildup of yeah. respecting the artist and the and the gallerist, knowing that we got each other's best interest in mind and, you know, yeah. you're, you're professional. And you know, you, sometimes and, you that you gotta meet with people and really yeah. take your time with it. Yeah. And when is when is that show in uh, at with Shelton? That's on January the eleventh. January. 11th. And it's called the Low End Theory. Once again, it's always based off Tribe Called Quest. That tribe changed the culture of hip hop mm-hmm. with jazz and blues and and um, honoring our ancestors and traditions and bringing it into to hip hop. And so yeah. that show I'm doing is kind of about that. And it's about us being at the bottom and how we catapult our way up, you know. So we always start at the low end and how you, you know, how you get past that. So all yeah. those paintings in that show are all black. So it's an all black painting show. Yeah. So come I'm on. I'm excited about that. I definitely want the details on that. Because <laughs> Mark definitely told me like 30 minutes before he pulled up at Culture. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, about to go. Yeah. I was like, I, I do. Do you see how I he do. does me? Hey, man, that was a shout out to Vernique because uh, that was a. Babe, can you pick up Addison? <laughs> that was that type of situation. So, 
Yeah, but no, I mean the the culture thing was dope, man. I I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, um, man, I mean, and the work is dope too. And back to culture, man. It's about just cultivating new collectors, man. Like, yeah. how do we find new collectors? Yeah. How do we how do we make people feel comfortable with buying yeah. art that costs a little bit? Show them different ways to pay for it. So yeah. we're partnering with Art Money, so now people can finance the work. So it's like you know having these these ways that people can do these things with with technology and feel yeah. comfortable. Yeah. And I saying I know it costs seven grand. Don't be scared of that. We can break that down. You know, it's all kind of things yeah. we can do, but it's worth doing that. You know, and you yeah. got you got you guys are making money now. Invest and live an artist. Yeah. You know, and also we've said this before, and Don said it last week, um, but the ability, like, if you are an artist. And if your work is dope, that that's very yeah, key. Yeah. Then you can talk to some people about swapping. Oh, for trading sure. in order to build your collection. Do you collect art? That's not true. Absolutely. Yours? Okay. I'm a big collector. Let's, let's talk. My daughter <laughs> is not when my daughter says she's ready to go to school, I'm like, yeah, pick one of those paintings off the wall and we're gonna put it in an auction and let's go. Yeah. That's, I ain't paying that's for shit. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk this art collection. So where did you start? I started with my friends who were dope. Yeah. And I believed in them. Was it, yeah. So was it just a, I'm supporting you on principle or did you see value in mm, No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a collector for real. No, okay. I see value and I think you can have both. Mm-hmm. I think you can buy something you love that that's lives with you, yeah. but that's valuable. Yeah. I think it's not impossible. That's what, it's all, it's like buying a stock. That's what art collecting is. Buying something that's beautiful, but it's valuable. You don't yeah. have to just buy something that's, you know that's beautiful that has no yeah Yeah. i mean you can do both there are a couple of schools of thought to it though because there there are definitely those people that are like oh well abstract sells better than figurative pieces let me buy an abstract piece i'm not or you know what i'm saying like i know horses what type of uh works do you have i have everything i buy what i like but i know it's valuable i just i just traded a big painting i made in san antonio with my friend who made this big abstract painting for me Mm -hmm. and he made me a bench and that was our trade okay but i believe in him i know that I'm not gonna look up five years from now. He's gonna be like, "Yeah, I don't make art no more." Like you know, I, I traded with Jeff Hippostill. Okay, yeah. I got Rebea Baying. I have Lovey Olivia, Jamal Cyrus, okay. Robert Pruitt, Kenya uh, Evans. Um, man, I got a lot of folks, man. I mean, I just I'm trading now with yeah. um, uh, some people in New York, man. One cat from EL, I'm trading with. Yeah, yeah. So I want to have a, a major collection yeah. of people I love too and respect yeah. and you know believe in. Yep. I like to start early. I like to find college students who I know. Yeah. I know that look at some work and say, okay. And then when I do a studio visit and talk to them, I buy because I already know. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I just say I happen to get a piece of the future. Yeah. So. Do you do do you do you uh, limited edition prints? I do. Okay. I just started. Okay. So, okay. Guys, I was about to I got, say, because I, I, I don't remember you yeah. like having done the print more before. questions, and these are my stupid art questions. <laughs> sure. this, is, this is what I am here for. But um, they're not stupid, and that's why I want. That's, that's well, all. No, I, I call well, but that's stupid, the thing. Like we, we still I'm call them. Yeah. I learn yeah, but so but I'm saying that's the difficulty of I think like a place like culture because you have somebody who's an engineer or who's an attorney, and they make all this money, yeah. and they're scared to ask these questions. They feel I, like they're stupid, and they're yeah. not. It's just like, yo, man, it's not your field. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. And if that, I go into your saying. office and we doing a contract, yeah. I'm gonna ask you a lot of questions because yeah. I don't know. And I'm it's the same thing. So yeah. So I say when I say stupid artist question, I say it being facetious. For sure. For sure. I want to learn, yeah. so I'm gonna ask the question that the, that's art, we hear. Yeah. the art educators and the formal artists might be like, "Really?" But I don't know it, so I'm yeah. gonna ask it. This is that right, safe right. place, yeah. safe space to safe ask space. Those questions. I, I you know what I'm saying, and these are just my opinions too. So, you know. <laughs> um, and no, and that's the part. That's where the value comes from. So, limited edition. Explain to me how they are valued. And like, this this is my actual dumb question because mm-hmm. I feel like I should know it. 
what stops <clears throat> an artist? So if they say, I'm going to make a limited run of 50. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, I want to buy a limited edition print. I buy number 50. Mm-hmm. If the artist's like, eh, that did, that sold really well. I'm going to make 100 more. Like, obviously, I guess the dumb question is, why would I, or can artists do that? But that seems. Yeah, I'm like, with you. They yeah. could, but that's fucked up. Yeah, okay. Nah, ain't a dumb question at all. Like, like, <laughs> no, it's not a dumb question. If you said you're making 50 of that one, that yeah. should be it. Yeah. Now, if you want to do it again and did well, now you got a new one and you do 100 of that one, that's fine. But you, you can't change something about You it. can't just say, oh, that did well, yeah. so I'm going to make 50 more of these. Okay. And when you told some, no, no, no. So you got to change the color or because something. Because limited edition prints, walk me through this. Yeah, they have value because it's. It's not the original, but the artist said it's only limited. It's only fifty people so in the world that have that. It's like somebody yeah. like if Lexus made a certain car and mm-hmm. they only made fifty, yeah. they're going to be valuable because only fifty people are going to have them, and not four hundred people, yep. or not three thousand. Mm-hmm. So like I'm doing uh, limited edition prints of these collages, but they they're kind of expensive to make, so I only I only do five. Yeah. So there's only five of them because they're they're layered like the collages. They're sewn into everything Ooh. I do is by hand, even the stuff in culture. Yeah. If they call those they call those varied editions because you might have the same image, yeah. But the background is different. I stitch at different places, so it's not. So those are like originals. Okay, not, I was gonna say that's those aren't considered originals. No, but that's why you call them varied edition because it's, it's basically saying it's pretty much an original. Okay. So yeah. it, it can be valued the same way. Right. But we start getting large numbers. It just kind of waters it down. Yeah. And it's still valuable, but you know it's not as the same as somebody made ten yeah. or they made fifty. Uh-huh. We start getting past fifty, you know. Yeah. I mean, for me, I wouldn't go past ten. I mean. Only anything is because I really believe in people having this original thing, and so yeah. I think ten people in the world is not bad. Yeah, yeah. it's a supply and demand thing. Like that's how the valuation goes, right? So if there's a shitload of art out there from this one artist, we'll we'll use Basquiat because he left he left behind a shitload of paintings, mm-hmm. <laughs> a thousand paintings, a thousand drawings, right? Mm-hmm. So you got two thousand pieces from Basquiat. As shit happens, natural disasters. Um, fires and all kind of other shit, right? Stuff mm-hmm. like that. As that happens, that number goes down. Yeah. So because you can only get this finite number of work from this artist, mm-hmm. which is why artists' work skyrockets in value a right. lot of time after they pass, they regardless of how checkered their fucking pass is, which is crazy as shit to me, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's because it's rare now, right? Mm-hmm. It's becoming more and more rare. So it's the same thing with the limited edition prints, right? So if Hodge is doing an edition of 10, those are going to run you a little bit more than if he did an edition of 150. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 literally a numbers game. Okay. <laughs> it's literally a numbers game. And that's, you know, that also goes into valuation, but then there's... Oh, that's my next question. Yeah, so value, who, who yeah. determines the value? So if I buy a, a limited edition print from an artist, I spend a grand, or I invest a grand in it, is that piece worth <clears throat> a grand? Who Who determines what that piece is worth? Or the valuation of it? Um, the artist. The artist? Yeah. So you hope that the artist keeps doing things that, mm-hmm. and, you know, and increase their value. The yeah. the residencies help that, the uh, exhibitions, the museum shows, the publications, all that make that more valuable. And whoever bought that piece for the most amount of money mm-hmm. the last time. Yeah. yeah. We talked about Carrie James Marshall. Yeah. He sold that piece that he originally sold for uh, 25000 mm-hmm. in the 90s, mm-hmm. sold for $21 million. He yeah. can sell a fucking piece for twenty million dollars now. Sound. Like, <laughs> it's gone up. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, exactly. So, do you, do you catalog your collection? 
Mm-hmm. That's something I've, I've. Don't laugh at me. You mean that? Do I document everything? Yeah. Yeah. So, don't laugh at me, but I've been watching Fake or Fortune on Netflix, and that is how I've been I watch it like that. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got, this, I got this Stanford thing for my prints that that says Robert Hodge original. Oh, okay. So yeah. you, so you, that, ca- yeah. you catalog, but as a collector, do you catalog the stuff that you have, where you have, or catalog the wrong word? Take inventory of like of I your have personal this collection from this oh, yeah. artist. I yeah. bought it this. Oh, I haven't done that yet. It's in my head. I, I, I do need to write that down and okay. do it. So yeah. that's, that's what that's like for what my personal collection. Yeah, yeah. I, that's why I've been kind of. I yeah. was watching Faker Fortune, and they were like, "Oh, someone had a ledger of all the fucking art that they yeah. bought, and that's how they were able to determine yeah. that they yeah. had this person had like a twenty-one million dollar original." Well, I got a, I got a sculpture from this really uh, phenomenal sculptor in Pittsburgh, and he's older, and we traded, but he he didn't give me any documentation, so I need to send an email. Yeah. So I can get a little, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, I need to ask for that. And the, the, yeah. I'm asking because this is this is my beginning journey. That yeah. when I moved, I recently moved, and I had to start pulling artwork out of, like, oh shit, I forgot I got this yeah. in an art show, or I think I paid like ten bucks for this, but I have a lot more art than I thought because yeah. all of it wasn't hanging up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I would like to make a catalog, and can I just reach back out to the yeah. artist and be like, hey, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't want <laughs> I I want you something other than a PayPal receipt <laughs> yeah. to say that I bought this from you. Yeah. Um, no, nah, you absolutely can. I mean, authenticity. Authentic, what was it? What was the word? Letter. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You should caught up on this podcast. <laughs> like I said, that four times eating uh, pistachios. <laughs> thank you. Okay, but nah, like it's it's funny because well, first of all, yes, you can reach back out to them, mm-hmm. but then also say the artist becomes a big fucking deal, right? Yeah. Um, and God forbid they pass. Mm-hmm. There are experts out there that if the work is worth anything, yeah, they will authenticate that shit. Yeah, as I was saying, I was watching Fake Fortune. I was like, this is yeah. a career. I mean, there's <laughs> literally been like new Rembrandts found and shit like yeah. that, yeah. especially that was, after like World War Two. Episode on Rembrandt. Yeah, yeah I try to sign everything, man. Yeah. Not yeah. usually down the front, but on the back, you know, I sign it. You know, okay. yeah. This is all very helpful. Yeah. Actually, this shit is helpful for me too, cause like you text me and ask me questions, and that should be testing my knowledge. I'd be like, "Hold the fuck up, let me." Can I answer that question? And, and I, I challenge myself to answer without googling. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm like, hmm. Okay, yeah. Let me give you all the information I have on this shit, which is interesting because that is my, how I ended up on the show. Yeah, that's how you ended <laughs> up on the show. But also, like a very strange thing, and I think we talked about this before, Haj. Like teaching actually elevated my art skills Absolutely. and knowledge because when you're positioned as the person as the expert in the fucking room, yeah, you're yeah. put to the test. Yeah. So like my kids come to me be like, Mister, yeah. the face is off, but how do I fix that shit? And I'm like, man, I wasn't that good at at portraits when I was in school. Fuck, let me figure this out. And I swear like my drawing jumped like mm-hmm. twelve levels when I sat in the classroom with my students to the point where I stopped I stopped taking pictures as much. I stopped photography as much and started drawing more. Okay. Like, that shit's crazy. So, you know, I appreciate you for that because oh, it, it helps me just. I, I've, I've been like this since I could talk. You can ask my parents, you know. I believe it. You. You're only 12 now. <laughs> yeah. so. Man, I want to do more drawings. I think next show I'm going to do a lot more drawings. I haven't made yeah. a drawing in a long time. I need to show people my shit. I talked yes, to Rebea about do. that. I talked to Rebea about that I'm, shit. I actually started doing the. Uh, it was funny. I was playing with that shit today in my classroom. My kids were like, what the fuck are you doing? But I was. Uh, it's a picture of Barkley L. Hendricks in the mirror. He'd been on my mind a lot lately, mm-hmm. even and before he's, we he's talked been to Don. Up and yeah, like, like his different. his star is rising. Like, and he it's passed like, like you know two what two years ago? A year. Last it's year, been last a year. year. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's only been a year. It was like two, three, two. I know years. it feels like a long time, man. I just he was we featured him on our Instagram yeah. today. But not so it should be, man. Yeah. yeah. 
There's a picture of him though. He's in his studio in the mirror, and he's got the camera up, and he snapped a little photo yeah. of himself. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah, I started drawing that shit, and I was like, I'm gonna throw my face on that. So I started drawing and started playing around because my students are doing watercolor portraits, mm-hmm. um, and you know I started playing around with that, seeing how I wanted to play with the watercolor, whatever. And this shit was interesting. I was like, I'm gonna put my face on. Them. So I put my ring on them, my wedding ring on them, drew that on it, yeah. and all that shit. And my students like, yo, that shit crazy. And I'm thinking to myself like, shit is kind of nice. It's a concept. But then I fucked up the watercolor and threw that shit away. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that so, shit happens, though. That shit. Did you hear him? He just went, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I get very frustrated when artists tell me they throw shit away. And I know, I man. Like, I'm trying to do better. But, I, you know, but that's what I'm saying. That's confidence. That's mastery. Yeah. I'm starting to get to the point that. I can do that shit. Anything I touch yeah. is is fucking gold. Yeah. And you got to start thinking that way. That's when, yeah. that, that's, when I, that's when I tap my Kanye. And say, no, anything you make is genius, man. And so tap my Kanye. Yeah, nothing should be thrown away. That's that ridiculous consciousness right yeah. there. Like that's, no, that's why we loved him. Kanye a, was just that person that like, you know, that's that tapped that. Not having boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. That's not having High boundaries. all the time. Uh I got a, a, a one more art collecting question. Yeah, for sure. And Absolutely. This is, or it's probably not one more. I've got a bunch, but I'm gonna keep it short. Um how does as a buyer or a collector, if you're swapping, how do you know something's good? So I had an artist I'm not gonna name names that I wanted to print. I really like them. No, you gotta name names. I'm not gonna ask the question. I'm not not naming names. It's because the thing is, the art, it does not matter because once after that experience, it made me more aware that there were a lot of artists doing it. And I was like, I don't, like, I have a sourcing background. So I'm talking about them shit prints. Yeah, I got some (laughs) shitty prints. And when I say I'm I'm Uh, one of those, I see beauty in a lot of things that, but I was. Yeah. The uh, ink was bleeding. The paper wasn't that good. Mm. I could see through it. Mm. Um, the signature was kind of like the signature bled, so it wasn't legible. Ooh, wow. And, I, and I, 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 at that time, you bought this off of Instagram. No, no, no. I did not buy it <laughs> off of Instagram. <laughs> and so, and so, funny enough, some of the better originals that I bought, I've bought sliding in people's DMs. Um, and I've had some really great, but this artist had a big following, mm-hmm. had a site set up, all that. And I was like, oh, okay, I want to print. I like their work. I like their concepts. I got this. And I, it was probably the most expensive print I had bought at that time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I don't even think it was limited. I wasn't aware of that. I got this shit. And I was like, this was like construction paper yeah. printed. And I was furious. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm a lot more skeptical about buying prints because I don't know. Yeah what to look for and like okay what type of paper should language. i be looking for if it's if it's a print or yeah. what type of how do i know not to get no fucking construction paper um and i and to the th- day i still absolutely love that artist i will never buy another print from them because of, that's i was like i spent so much money on this damn print and i think i might have donated it yeah you don't know unless you ask those questions because yeah. they should offer that it should be like yeah. you know yeah. when you buy a print from it you know what it's made out of, mm-hmm. what what types of paper, yeah. the size of it, and so that should be included in the print. If not, if you have to ask them, yeah, I guess you gotta, you know, you're probably getting some bullshit. Yeah. yeah, if they're not telling you what it's made out of, you know, what's you know. And then I think that well, and now that I'm going through, I think it goes back to uh, artist education that you know that first batch of prints might not be a good one. Yeah. No, it should be. <laughs> uh, yeah, but if, if you're going into a professional place and get them done, like you yeah. shouldn't be printing from your Canon uh, if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you should go to like a professional printing place and then say, hey, you know, this is the size I want, right. and that's going to come out great. Because yeah. but the thing is, that costs money, so they're trying to, you know, you can't try to win on people. Yeah, and that's and that's what it is. Because now my art budget has gotten a little bit <laughs> yeah. bigger, and I'm like, ah, I don't, I won't buy from them anymore because I felt. Yeah. 
that they should know better yeah they should fucking know better because that's the thing like artists are researchers yeah like <laughs> but are they y- yes are they? no no you that are. person is we not. are they're not <laughs> they're they, they saying you gotta also realize that artists are fad right now yeah everybody yeah. wants to do it it's cool it's like you remember a few so. years ago when the hot shit was to have a business card that said ceo or creative director <laughs> How the fuck you a CEO and it's only one person in your company? But that's a whole other shit. But it's it's but the same I thing. Think a lot of that has to do with education, though. Like whether it's formal education, art education, whatever. A lot of that has to do with people not knowing themselves. Yeah. That's because what that shit is. I, <laughs> what I've gotten from it is that I think not art. Not all artists are equipped to have their art be businesses. And yeah, and there's like that's where the breakdown is. Like you make good work, but you don't know you're not handling the business of your art the right way and is that gonna stunt your art yeah but that's yeah that's why i think i think i mean i guess like I another thing i should do I, I would do if i if an artist goes back to school is get it go to school for business yeah you already got the art down like learn yeah. how to you know you gotta you gotta separate your brain like my 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 the pure my like my pure thoughts mm-hmm. and creative energy goes into making the work once my work is done, my brain switches over. Yeah. Has There's to. no more attachment. It's straight business. Marketing and, and business. Can, yeah, yeah, exactly. So if that's not happening, yeah, you don't know. If, you, if you're giving people shitty materials, but you know better than that, you know. You should. Yeah, you absolutely should. Because, I mean, but again, as consumers, though, we have to do our own research, too, right? Because yeah. if you go buy a pair of shoes, you know if that shit say PU leather, you probably not gonna get that shit. It's vegan. What you? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But if the artists don't, if the artists don't tell you what it's made out of, that's a problem there yeah, because. Yeah. But you didn't know that. So I'm saying, and then, yeah. and then what you gotta do is be responsible and make. Uh, oh yeah, and make, what, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me finish. You gotta make. You gotta say something. You gotta write a post. Mm-hmm. Or you gotta. You gotta. You know. You gotta let other people know that it's happening. Also, you gotta you, name names. You got. Yeah. To. I'm not gonna name names right now. That's gonna be an L I take in silence. And but, you gotta. You gotta jump back in their DMs and be like, "Hey, bro, what the fuck did you send me?" Yeah. Like. <laughs> but I'm saying that's why I do. That's why I do limited. Like the five I do mm-hmm. are handmade. I, I yeah. go and I bring some out to you. Like you gotta, you gotta care about integrity. And yeah. if you don't, if you're trying to do too much, that's what I'm saying, man. You, you, come on, man. That's okay. I, I, that's no excuses for that. Yeah, it's just not. I, listen, I took my yeah. L in silence and I've learned, and now I've become a lot more diligent. But it's not, it's not yeah. your fault. It's nothing you can do because you yeah. trusted that product, and so. I mean, something like that, you just have to send it back or say, I want my money back. That's not what I want. It's been like you, two or three years now. Yeah, we shouldn't have to keep that and you shouldn't <laughs> have kept it. That's funny. It's, yeah. yeah no. And they really should have just sent you your money back and let you keep that. I mean, but you should you should definitely say something. Don't let them get away yeah. with that. So, listeners out there, learn from me. Because you can't Don't take your L's in silence. If you didn't. Yeah. And I think I know what that came as my hyper awareness of not wanting to disrespect people's art. Like, I was like, ah, this shit's shitty. But should I, should I have expected it to be. Shitty, or did I have a disconnect in what I thought it was going to be? And I was like, "This is just a shitty print." Yeah, and if I give you a print, I guess the whole thing is coming yeah. attached. Like you, it's framed. Yeah. Like you ain't got to worry about that. It's, it's, it's like that. Nah, should, my shit came rolled up in the tube. Nah, bro. Nah. I had to yeah. stick it in nah, we gotta books. we nah. gotta remember though. Like, fuck your ego. This is business. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if I slide you this money for this print. Mm-hmm. I need that shit to be right. You but know that's what I'm that's part of my as a collector yeah. wanting to become more educated, so I yeah. know what to ask for. I know what these yeah. materials mean. Yeah. When it says that it's these things, yeah. I have these expectations of how it's gonna hold up, if it's gonna hold up. Um, so yeah, yeah. Thank you. no, I mean, that's, the, I think that's this fair. the first time we really got gotten into the collector. Part. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we know you gotta you gotta dip, but we have a question that I think you'll love. Yeah. for you. Yeah, I'm sure my daughter's asleep. She's in there. Maybe so, not. years from now, when you're in 
these $400 art books that they make students buy at these colleges, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, I think just being authentic, man. I mean, the one thing I get from kids are saying, wow, I know I can, kids are telling me I respect you because you look the way you want to look and you kind of, you kind of who you are in, in yeah. every space I see you in. And I think people pay attention to that. Like I don't switch up yeah. when I'm somewhere else. Like I'm myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think if people invite me to their dinner party, they know who they're inviting. They're not inviting <laughs> this, you know, this, this color, artist of color who's going to be like, I, I am who I am everywhere, you know. I have my opinions, I have things I say. And so yeah. the thing is being authentic. And um, I mean, I guess I, just, I grew up in a time where artists of color wasn't popular. So when I was a kid, you know, all I saw was European art. And so now it's changing now. So like I said, with my daughter, whatever she wants to do, say she becomes an artist, she's going to have a whole different spectrum and view to, to do because yeah. she grew up around this. To her, it's normal. She grew up with Obama being the president. Yeah. Like, that's another... I need to think about that shit. Yeah. That's, I mean, they just, she, 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 she sees the world differently. So... Um, I just hope I inspire people to say, "Look, man, you can, you can, you can be a product of hip hop and talk about that, and it still be intellectual, and you can exist in these spaces and be who you yeah. are, and just make quality work." I mean, I, I hope I stand for quality and integrity, and um, I don't know, man, giving them a voice, things they want to see. They're like, "Man, I wish I could see this." Maybe they come out in that space and they see it. Yeah, like, wow, man, I want to see what that look like in the space, and it's there. Yeah. It feels like them, you know. That's, that's the that's the compliment I get, man. Like yo, when that Cam show, man. Like that was hip hop, bro. And that was that yeah. was the like it I think, was. I think it was like the well, most well attended show there. Or something. My boy really? worked that he told me something crazy that they didn't tell me, but yeah, it was well attended, man. Because people yeah. felt that spirit of like people want to see that. That's yeah. why that um, the MFA when they had that Bosky, I think it did so well because people wanted to feel that energy, man. That work yeah. it was electric in there when they were having those parties, that yeah. Starbucks, yeah. And I think they was like, whoa, 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 too much. Let's uh, yeah. let's reel us back in because it. We were in there, man. Yeah. Membership went up forty percent. Like it got crazy, and yeah, they got, but they got a little too crazy. Like after you, know, you that, want they people color parties exactly because you want people color. It's like mm, it's a little bit too much now, <laughs> and we got to get out of that mentality, man. Like the future is is, is changing. It's different. Yeah. So I, I I I'm not mad at Trump. It's the last hoorah. For these old white men who who, who had this mentality, I mean, it's, it's, it's the last hoorah. Great Let them have it. Let them have it. Shit, it's, they all seventy and eighty. They out of here. Yeah, forty percent, fifty percent of Trump supporters gonna be dead in twenty twenty. Let them have Shit. it. I ain't trying to be me. I'm just saying this. The numbers don't lie. Yeah, the world is yeah, changing no, and, they, and they can't stop it. So I'm excited for my daughter to see the future. And like I'm not scared yeah. at all. You know, I just want to be a part of shifting and telling our stories. Yeah, and you know, reminding people what we did. Because when I get depressed too, I also think about my ancestors and like yeah. I have no reason to be depressed. Let me just get my ass up and keep carving out this path. Yeah, because they had it worse, man. Did they? I mean, when I travel to third world countries, man, like the shit I just think when I think I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I could, it could be better, man. Yeah, I watch somebody like you know walk six miles for water. That's yeah. gonna change your life. Yeah, yeah. it'll change your life, man. I think on those travel trips, man, the thing for me that resonates is like. Cause I remember being poor, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like growing up in the hood and shit. And that and American poor ain't that Mexico no, poor. No, it's not. It it's not Africa at all. Poor. It's, it's not. not at all. But to see somebody whose shoes are fucking falling apart, so happy, and they smiling like so happy. I That's when I tapped on myself. I said, that. "Why are they so happy here? You don't have shit. When I ain't I went, got shit to give you." About that, yeah. When I went to uh, Cuba, that I told Mark, I was like, I was only there for four days, and I was like, it changed my life because there was a this. 
this thing in the air where I was like, these people, not yes. not in a crazy. poverty porn kind of way, <coughs> but like yeah. I stayed in Old Havana and stayed in a pretty old uh, Casa Particular, mm-hmm. but I was like, this is, this felt, it felt peaceful yeah. and everyone was so happy and everyone was so nice yeah. and loving. I was like, damn. <coughs> and every, and I, I keep having this, I want to go back, yeah. I want to go back and I want to be there because, not to glamorize it, but I was like, there's something very authentic yeah. about you said the well i think it i think it's one of those things where you got to find a reason to smile amidst that shit you know what i'm saying so like me and my brothers like we always found i I think i i I think we went on the way to austin i kind (laughs) of talked about that like making gi joe forts out of dirt and rocks you know what i'm saying like you're gonna find a way to smile man and that's the that's the beauty of that. And we shit. can't forget that as yeah. adults. Yeah. I mean, America that says, when you get this, you're going to be happy. And we just keep getting more shit because we say, okay, now you, you find this place that you probably pray for, but you forget. I mean, you're yeah. an educator. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You make it all right, but you still, you're still not happy. You're like, because I got to get this. And you get that yeah. and realize. Yeah. And they, they, are, they are saying, yo, I'm happy in my present situation because I got family, I got health, yeah. and I might not ever get that. Yeah. But we see America keeps moving our carrot. Every time we get something, they move the carrot again. And so that's why we constantly unhappy because so we you think got these things going to fail. You're not going to have a house or yeah. <laughs> yeah. health insurance or anything else. Yeah. Or I need to get another degree. Yeah. And then, oh, when I get this one, then you can have that. That's yeah. not that's not true. Yeah. yeah. Don't buy into it. It's crazy. Yes, yeah, you know. Staying in gratitude, man. It's hard, but I've been really yeah. trying to stay in gratitude. Yeah. Talk, talking to Hodge is like this all the time. Well, I hope we have more conversations. Yeah. I hope so, too. I mean, yeah. my, my, my line is open. I love talking about art. I just, you know, I believe in it. Okay. I mean. Well, you know, I'm going to be bugging you for sure, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I gotta, I'm going to be bugging you with collector uh, questions. For sure. And, uh, you know, I give collectors artists a list of artists all the time, and Please. a lot of them ignore it, you know. No. I like, uh, you know, When somebody buys something from me like three times, I'm just like, hey, I love you buying work for me to stop. Yeah. I got friends that make amazing work and make your yeah. collection Please diverse. Put me on. I um right now I want to get cuz I've always been pretty much just paintings and drawings. I want to get into collecting some sculptor sculptures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, it's, so it's a big I, world. I a lot of artists making incredible things and yeah. they support and Hugh Hayden. Who? Have you seen that shit? Who? Hugh Hayden? No. Yo. Hugh Hayden is a fucking monster. Hugh Hayden made, it's a series of, it started off as doors Mm -hmm. with big ass thorns on them. Ah. There you go. So. Oh, nice. Those thorns. But that's the thing. Like, it's nice. It's like, oh, yeah, that shit looks cool. It's to, it's a commentary on the way that we treat immigrants, specifically Mexican immigrants and Central and South American immigrants in this country. Wow. Yeah. So he started with doors and shit. Now he's doing furniture. And if I'm not mistaken, he's making all this shit by hand, not just the thorns. Like, it's crazy as shit. Like, it's absolutely beautiful. And that's what I'm saying. You want to try to Texas right now. too. You want to try to get everything you can out of art, which means you can make something aesthetically beautiful. You can make it conceptual. Yeah. You can you can have this meaning that, that that's attached to your culture, yeah. And you can make money, like you can do all those things. You yeah. just have to take your time with it and figure out how to get everything you want out of it. Yeah. You don't have to make shit. You don't just make portraits or, yeah. you know, you got to, also when you leave the country, you you, you know, I, I just feel sad when I meet these artists who have to make this um this this work to sell to foreigners because that's how they yeah. feed their family, because they don't have to, but you know they know that's guaranteed if they just paint the island photo. 
Oh, you in Africa? You got a safari painting. Like these yeah. cats can do way more, but yes. you know they make the choice to say, "Okay, I know I'm gonna sell eggs. I'm gonna feed yeah. my family." But there's artists there who choose not to. Yeah. So it's like you know, you, you it's it's all different sectors, man. But I just think if you can get everything you want out of it, you won't feel like you're cheating yourself. And I, I just don't want to feel that way. Okay. You don't have to, man. You know. No, you don't. You know, I appreciate this. It's been this a long real. day. Yeah, it's it been has. a very long day, but. You know, being able to have a great conversation um, about this art shit. I always, do it any day. That's why awesome. I take the time out. I do it any yeah. day. I love it. And we appreciate you taking the time out, man. Because you are booked and busy. <laughs> yeah, I'm behind. I'm behind. I'm we, it's like 6.30 this morning again. It's fine. Yeah, and we know you, gotta, you, gotta, you got a couple things you got to do before you can yeah. even get back to the yeah, work, man. So we home. appreciate you um, sitting and talking with us. Um, and we know we'll have more conversations in the future as well. Yeah. Um, can I can I draw my website? Cause I oh yes, absolutely. I was just only because I, I got I got two records coming out pretty soon next year, and I and you guys just go to my website. You can look Even at the website and your Instagram. The, the website is robertleroyhodge.com dot com, and so is the Instagram. So just check out my pages for um, the new albums and there's new shows, and um, send me a DM or a message. Uh, stay in contact, man. I want to connect with folks. So yeah, yeah. and he not lying. He he talked to everybody. I hit you back at the show at Culture. I felt like he talked to everybody in that damn I tried, building. Man. Like, <laughs> I I'm tried. surprised he didn't go back in the kitchen and talk to everybody else. I probably did. Like, <laughs> I probably did. But no, man, this is this has been absolutely great. Um, man, thank you for having and, me, man. I man, really thank you for doing this, and thank y'all for listening. On behalf of Raquel Simone and myself, Mark Francis. Well, can I call you Roxy? I mean, I'll be past that point now. Can I call you Roxy now? It's still Roxanne. So, first of all, it's Rocky. Okay. And second of all... Um, Maybe the third time? I'm going to leave this in, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, uh, it's a, it's one of those, when you call me Rocky and I don't look at you crazy, okay. then you'll know. Okay. So it's, okay. It's you're gonna just I'm not keep, there yet. All right. You're just going to have to keep trying. And one day I'm okay. like, hey. Cool. And then you'll know. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's kind of like that's it. the initiation. If I don't look at you crazy, I'm like, okay, you good. So. Cool. Again, thank y'all for listening, and peace. Peace. Bye.